clothes in a cabin. There are no windows and there are no doors and it's raining outside. It's pitch black and there's a candle lighting our uh, our papers. And I think we're just ready to play. That's it. I'm just hyped. Patrick, hit the go button. <laughs> it's, it's, it's going. We're going. Uh, yeah, we're up, and, we're up and going. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Justin, give him a dog treat. Um, yeah no i just want to get straight into this episode because like we've been waiting for this for a while yeah i just want to bathe myself in salamanders really you don't want to like talk about stuff for a second well i I will say that um (laughs) right now the smokies are absolutely gorgeous with this rain coming oh yeah (sighs) yeah yeah Uh, madeline wasn't kidding about like no we are out in the middle middle of the woods right now in a cabin uh we are (laughs) <laughs> uh, and the rain is just fucking perfect. A lot of people forget that the other Smoky Mountains is like a goddamn rainforest. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's full of fucking pollen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, so it's it's equivocally like the closest thing that um, Lower North America has to a jungle. Yeah, um, is in terms of environs. Yeah, we it's got really we cool. got lots of salamanders, lots of lots yep. of weird frogs and toads, and mm-hmm. we got tarantulas. People forget that. Yep. We have tarantulas here? You didn't yeah, we know do. that? I didn't yeah, we do. need to know that. <laughs> well, we we're in a cabin now. You're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> there's one right over here behind you. This is, oh, my God. Uh, there's nothing there, audience. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the Lava Limb Podcast. This is where we started out. We started, we did like five episodes straight in this spot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I almost put my bare foot directly on a snake head. Um, King snake. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. We'll go right into the episode, Madeline, okay? okay? All right. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm hyped because... I'm just very excited for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was up to this point, now I'm all nervous. Well, this is a, this is, nobody else knows this, except for everybody who works with us, but uh, this is, Maxwell is Patrick's past character. Yep. And, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that explains it. Yeah, no, he's... he's that sums it up. He's Blech. literally the fucking worst. He's he's a good boy. Yeah, he's he my is, uncle now. He's a good good boy, but he oh. he's mm. my uncle now. You haven't seen him in fifty years though, so could not be that gross anymore. Or he could be grosser. I he's, think he's gonna be grosser. He's, he's either gonna be much better, or he's gonna be so much worse. As I recall, like uh, the last episode, Zanira was looking uh. real mad. So I don't. I, I'm willing to bet he hasn't gotten any better, and probably has gotten worse. I just want to know, how long has this fucker been a salamander? <laughs> long enough to piss <laughs> off Zanira. Yeah, so like six months, eight months. <laughs> She's just been sitting in a vat of salamanders for like eight months. <laughs> that piss anybody off. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about what you're seeing. Yes. This place is like its own little world. Um, so around you is this is this wall of verdant cambian and like massive swollen vines that all sort of form this lattice work um around you you'd wager this this whole place is probably about an acre acre and a half um of of land oh my god Um, so it's actually quite large there's on the far northern end you can see there's sort of a rise in the rock and uh, right where the wall forms there appears to be some sort of cavern um you've got the just the moon elf just hanging out on this like old stone pillar a couple feet away from the dwarf 
um, who is dead, wearing um, very interesting-looking religious garb and armor uh, with what looks from here to be a broadsword um, sort of in his lap, like ceremoniously. Um, and he is mummified. There's water everywhere trickling over these craggy rocks, and there are salamanders, these massive, like, orange and black um, hellbenders all scattered throughout as well, like a sea of them. Um, there's also what appears to be within the trickles, the little streams and the pools here and there that's spanning out from the central pyre, pyre that kind of looks like a cairn. Um, in the water are what appears to be like thousands of scraps of parchment <laughs> that are all just sort of like flowing in and like churning around themselves. Um, the vine walls that protect you from the rest of the forest are not actually that tall. Mm -hmm. um, they're probably about 10 feet tall, and then they sort of curve towards the sky, like curve inwards, um, to sort of give this like roofless yurt effect of Fuck impossible yeah. scale. Um, you can see a couple of those antlered figures through the latticework, like kind of moving and talking. You can hear muffled speaking. You can smell campfires just outside the walls. There's also a couple of areas that look a lot more open like almost like little windows where the vines separate and once in a while one of them will kind of come through and attend to something within the walls and then come out of it almost like they're all sort of gardening this little ecosystem mm -hmm. yeah and then lastly there is that <clears throat> weird black wooden cottage it's cylindrical in shape off to the far side um, there's a lot to do here so i will ask you guys what do you want to do uh okay the first thing i'm going to do is put PL on my shoulders so he doesn't eat a salamander. Okay. <laughs> uh, my nephew, my uncle's in, in my cat's stomach, eh? <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> How far away is Zanira? Um, who's Zanira? Well, she's my aunt, Ooh. so. She is about 150 feet away from you, and she's on this, like, Another little bit like a, a cairn, but it's sort of been smoothed out probably by magic to sort of become a chair. Um, so she's just sort of like sitting on this stone throne as you're coming in here mm -hmm. and sort of getting adjusted and looking around herself. She is getting up and walking in your direction, um, wearing these like pastel pink robes and uh, barefoot walking your way. Now, would Echo and Herbert, because... You've said Moon Elf. Would we recognize her as a Moon Elf? Absolutely. Undistinguishably primordial and strange and almost alien to this world. Um, she is so ancient looking. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a Moon Elf, man. Indescribably <laughs> beautiful as well. Yep. As well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing I say is, uh, so how long has he been a salamander? <laughs> she talks as she walks towards you and gets probably about 20 feet away from you puts her hand on her hip and uh despite her despite her character seems like very just very like sassy um <laughs> kind of looks around lifts an eyebrow um i'd say a few days a few days more than typical he's trying something new all right okay i was kind of worried he was like this for a few months because no. that would be horrible no. also how are you i'm very well e this gives her a thumbs up how are you doing uh well things are great i've got two people here who have lots of questions for our good old antler boy and absolutely have questions for you you have questions for me Mm-hmm. i don't really 
delve into your work or your world in that way? Um, well... I mean, I'll help you, but if you mean you have questions for me, like like your mother, then no, that's not really something I'm going to support. I just, I actually, I just have one question, and that's, uh, there's another fucking moon elf running around these woods, and I just didn't know if you knew him. She kind of gives this heavy sigh. And looks out over the sea of salamanders glistening um, in the midday sun. She kind of looks at you. Yeah, we do have a lot to talk about. Um, I don't think... It's never gone this long, actually. Um, (laughs) Five or six days. A couple days at a time, absolutely. But he might have lost touch a little bit. I... Yeah, I'm suspicious. Um... He's doing okay, though. When was the last time you remember seeing me? Or us? Ooh, that's a good question! (laughs) 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 Fuck! Don't do hard hard drugs, folks. Yeah, drugs are bad. Um... (laughs) Ooh, that's that's a good question. Because this is a... This is something... That I think I know, but like I know Zach's gonna be like, nah, dude, that was six years ago. Um, I think I saw you like three years ago before I left for another continent. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, would have been nice to let us know extensively instead of just saying I'm going somewhere for a while. Didn't know it was going to be a three-year-long trip. He's sort of like thinking in his head, like, okay, good. This was three years. I was at least correct in that. Well, I didn't know it was going to be three years either. He, uh, and you could see one of the antlered acolytes are approaching with what appear to be a couple of like, they're kind of like carrying him the crooks of their arms, um, wooden steaming bowls, um, kind of hands them off to you guys. And yeah. it's like very wide mouthed cups of hot, dark tea. Um, and she kind of like looks around for a minute and then just sort of stays here. Um, Zanira says, well, um, he still talks about you sometimes. Um, so, you know, you're not completely forgotten is oh, my point. Great. So it'd be nice if you could increase the amount of times you visit per year, especially like not not. These problems, notwithstanding, these problems that you've come to talk to us about. Um, just to come visit us. Just come visit us, please. Oh, oh. my god, it's just like my actual family. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, feel free. Um, a pleasure to meet you, too. What's your name? Echo. And yours, sir? Herbert's just kind of like doe-eyed. <laughs> this is Herbert. Okay, uh... Yes, uh, Herbert. Herbert Quinn Carver. Nice to meet you, Mr. Carver. Nice to meet you. Don't worry too much at this point. I'm probably more more of a person than a moon elf. Well, but my experience with moon elves, uh, so far you're a hell of a lot better than the other one I met. Mm, right. We will definitely get into that. But um, I don't want your minds murkied by wonder. Get yourselves uh, a acclimated um feel free to wander around see if you can find maxwell um 
take a look around the grounds and familiarize yourself. I'm sure that Bo has already told you, but we have about three days uh, before we're going northwest. It's uh, She kind of turns to Yui. It's time to see the tree again. Mm. Oh, all right. So schedule is important. And we've also been summoned to Sunbeam, which typically we don't really uh, follow through with. But, you know, the scenario requires it. Um, but we will have to be leaving to do both those things in three days. So that's how much time you have. Um, especially since I understand the Muckmen will also be here in about three days um, oh. around our camp. All right. They are heading in our direction. Perfect. Um, so we will either fight and flee or just flee. But that's your time limit. All right. Goodbye. And she kind of like wanders over back to her chair and just sort of like sits down, puts her hands on her knees, and just kind of starts watching you guys. Just like sipping her tea. So uh, this trickling water, does it seem to have a source? Yeah, in the middle of this whole environ is a very large cairn of, like, stacked, smooth, flat river stones, and it seems to be trickling out from within the, the creases of that stone. Mm, cool. Um. <laughs> That's all I wanted to know. I'm done. Okay, so the salamander situation, is right. it like, if I walk anywhere, I'm stepping on one of these guys? No, you can weave your way through, as long as you're not, you know, big dopey idiot you shouldn't accidentally step on one huh you know was that was that a stab it kind of seemed like a stab herbert herbert's gonna like finish off his hot tea in a quickness just take it down uh set his bowl down off the side and he's gonna try and catch a, a salamander okay oh my god um before you roll, tell me your approach to this. Are you are you kind of like... No, he's just basically going to be like, spot one, and then like run over and try and flop on it, and like wrestle it. Okay. Right. <laughs> if, it's a, if it's a hellbender, it's almost as big as him. Yeah. yeah. Roll agility. Oh my god. I think that one's him. <laughs> I don't think you're right. I think that's one. I think it's him. Get it, Carver! Uh, Yells the moon out. So, he like, <laughs> downs his tea. Sets down the bowl, like, kind of gently, because he's going to come back with it later. Right. Uh, he's like, yeah, it's that one. That's him. And he bolts off <laughs> and leaps in the air. And I rolled an 18 to catch this oh, thing. Oh, shit. fucking God. Uh, so you're, like, leaping in the air, and this thing, like, turns its head very slowly to you, and it's like, oh, and you <laughs> just belly flop onto it. And it kind of wriggles around and slaps you in the face with the tail for a second, but then you are able to kind of readjust and wrap your arms around it, and you have this thing in pretty much a chokehold. It's It sort of starts to quiver and then gives up. And he just picks it up and brings it back over. <laughs> so it's your <laughs> uncle. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I think he also laughs. Well, that salmon is pretty big. Was like he has like underneath his yeah, arms and like kind of like holding, holding it out. up like a baby. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, Simba at the beginning of the Lion King. Exactly. Twelve hundred to go, Carver. You hear the moon elf yell. I don't. I don't think this one's it. What's it look uh, like? Um, he's big. He's dopey. He's got a double belly. The one on top's a little bit, a little bit smaller than the first one. Um, mostly a deep dark gray with these like big. Sphere, or not spherical, very rounded uh, spots of, of orange. What's the eye situation? 
got he got eyes. He got both <laughs> eyes. He does have both eyes. Okay. He uh, blinks them asymmetrically in your direction. Fuck yeah. And then brings out a freakishly looking human tongue and lips uh, licks along his lips. Uh, so that was not it. That, I think that, he wants that, to eat you. That tongue, though. That's not... What? You see how fucking big I am compared to this goddamn salamander? I mean, animals will do whatever they need to do. What? It's a I'm salamander. I'm just saying, and Echo walks away. <laughs> okay. Well, yelling in your direction as you wander away into salamander land, he's only going to have one eye. Hmm. It's going to take forever. Well, probably. Echo puts a thumb up. I'll, I'll look towards Zanira. Is he going to have one eye? She just kind of shrugs, takes a sip of the tea. Okay, so may or may not <laughs> have one eye. Herbert sets this uh, the salamander down. Does it, like, skitter off real quick? Nah, it kind of sits down and starts breathing really heavy. <sighs> Can you just, like, pick it back up? Yeah, you pick it back up. Okay, he's going to try and, like, set it near another one. Okay, you set it near another one. It jolts its front part of its body around to where it forms a perfect U, and then it straightens out and, like, cartoon runs on the rocks for a second and then runs off. Mm. Does, yeah. it, does it stay within the clearing? Uh, yeah, it runs about 100, 150 feet away. The original salamander is still laying down and just sort of breathing heavy. <sighs> what if this really is, Maxwell? <laughs> That'd be fucking hilarious. Um, so what I'm going to do is sit in the center of this area and... I'm going to take out some petrichor cigarettes, okay. and I'm going to light one and smoke it in the middle of all these salamanders. Yeah, that so sounds you... good. I think Herbert's going to follow the series well. Okay. Well, see, you guys made fun of me for buying these earlier, but this is what Maxwell smokes, so maybe... I did not make fun of you for buying... I bought the other half and No, no, you... no. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, it was just I... Echo. I... That's <laughs> right. There. Echo's gone. She's walked over to the uh, to the dwarf. She ran away. She's out. <laughs> she flew away. Oh wait, no. I bought the Muncholian. Yeah. Cigarettes. And then I bought the petricorn. We split them in half. <laughs> yeah. So as I'm sitting there, specifically smoking the petricorn mm -hmm. uh, cigarette, because I know that that is what he has previously smoked, I sort of like wave it around. Okay. <laughs> We're like, wow, you know, I haven't had one of these in a really long time. Are you enjoying yours? Yours too, Herbert. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all right. You know, these these used to be uh, Maxwell's favorite, as far as I remember. <laughs> Do you want ones near? No, thank you. Well, you should. Yeah, I think I'm okay. Um, roll wit. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Nice. Oh, actually, I have a question. Yes. Um, is this esoteric in nature for when I'm rolling? <laughs> no. Okay, it's a twenty. <laughs> <clears throat> You uh, kind of wave to his back, and as Zanira says that, you look over this crowd of salamanders, and you see one of the heads pop up, and Fuck yeah. one of them doesn't have an eye, and it kind of like pops up for a second, and then goes back underneath and disappears. Yes. <laughs> I'll sort of keep my gaze in that general area, and I'll point, without saying anything, I'll sort of shift Herbert over to look where that is, but I don't want to say anything. South by Southwest. Okay. Um, Herbert's kind of kind of like, Get up on his tiptoes. <laughs> <laughs> now you're the same height as me sitting down. <laughs> yeah, right? And he's going to try and, like, peek over and see, like, if there's anything. If he notices any difference between the salamanders over there. 
Mm. Um, not in particular. Those are the ones closer to the cave, but it just all sort of blends together, really. Mm-hmm. Where's Echo? Um, Echo is walking. She's walking like through this group of salamanders, and I think she is looking at them. Okay. Just like kind of casually looking at them, trying to fig- see if there's anything weird about one specific one, which she has seen that one poke up. Yeah, it was like a little bit over to your left as you're walking. Um, did she see that it didn't have an eye? Um, I think so from this angle, yeah. So, yeah, it, uh, I would say E sees Echo, like, look over <laughs> and her shoulder. And he just puts his hands, and or his like, finger to his lips. Like, surreptitiously points towards that one. <laughs> just nods. And uh, she's going to keep an eye on that one. Okay. And she's going to look over at this dwarf, this body of this dwarf. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, some of the salamanders are sort of like lapping up onto the knees of the armor. He's on his knees, um, sort of hunched over, and he's like hulking, um, probably even in death, even mummified in this state. Um, the the like biggest dwarf you've ever seen. His shoulders are twice the, the broad of yours, um, and he's just like rotund with... At least his armor reflects this. It's it's wasted off of him mostly now, but you can see that he was very muscular um, to the point where armor had to be constructed for him, mainly around the abdomen. Um, mummified face, wearing this full plate, um, and then that weird broadsword that he's holding, palms up. It now now on closer inspection, you can see it has a handle. It has like a guard and handle, like a like a sword, um, but it's a lot shorter than you thought it was from looking from a far distance away. Um, and the blade is almost like rounded. It looks like it would still be sharp, but it's almost curved, and it ends in sort of this strange axe head, like forward-facing, um, that's just been carved endlessly with spiraling sigil work that you don't recognize. <clears throat> Wild. Well, the first thing she's trying to ascertain about this mummy okay. is, is there any way that I could tell how long he's been dead? Mm, that's a good um, question. Roll wit. You know, to it's a sage skill to figure out how long someone's been dead. Mm-hmm. That would mm-hmm. be cool if we had a sage. Yeah, dude. Eleven. Eleven. Taking into account the moisture and the open elements here, um, there's definitely some magic at play. Um because even in a couple days, he would look worse than this. It's almost like he's been preserved somehow. Um, but, which is what's kind of catching you up. But you'd wager probably a couple months, um, like looking underneath the eyelids and taking a, a closer inspection of him. And cause of death. Cause of death? Is there any way I could ascertain this? There, There really does not seem to be any sort of wounds outwardly. Um, you're not seeing anything really suspicious. Zanira is about 50 feet away from you, and she's sort of watching you do all of this. And you said he has, like, a similar to, um, like, an Orphos sigil on his armor? Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty obvious. Um, and, like, not, not glammy, necessarily. Like, it's pretty subtle in terms of its coloring, but it's big, just like this huge red crescent across his armor his breastplate in particular 
Hmm. Yeah, Echo looks across this field at Herbert, mm-hmm. kind of like nods her head towards the armor. Herbert heads over there. And uh, as Herbert's like getting closer, like right up to her, I think like you're coming all the way over, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll stay in the salamander pit. <laughs> um, She says, like, I know we're here to speak to him, but. I thought you would appreciate this. Or at least be intrigued. Definitely. Um, so you say that uh, the uh, the sigil of Orphos uh, emblazoned across his armor and the chest. Just a little little cockeyed? Yeah. Like it's one a little, end's a little lower than the other? Right, yeah. It's a little slanted. Um, it's still the crescent's at the top, which yeah. indicates that you know, this is not a symbol of Alamander, but in fact of Orphos himself. But it is somewhat slanted, just a little bit to the right. Is this uh, anything that, Her- like, Herbert's going to try and think back to any other individuals he's ever met of that, you know, followed Orphos? And if this right. is, like, a symbol that he's seen before. Okay, go ahead and roll wit. Um, that is few and far between, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, because not a lot of people worship Orphos until they really need him. Yeah. Well, that's going to be a five. Yeah, it all kind of runs together, especially now comparing it to Alamander. You just know that if the the larger part of the crescent is upwards, the unopened face is upwards, then it's probably a good deal. But that's pretty much all you can really remember. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I can't think of anything. (laughs) Um, It's really cool. Is Zanira watching them? Yeah, yeah, she's... She seems to be interested in whatever they're doing over there with that dwarf. Okay. Um, glancing in the salamanders, is there any salamander that is looking the direction of them with one eye? <laughs> no, no. They, they're they all still moving and sort of churning around each other at this okay. point. Like, you've lost that one with the eye. Yeah, um, I figured, but... He's still got 20, so you know the general area, but... Yeah. Yeah, he's gone. No, that's fine. He's you know gone I'm just gonna do something weird here. Okay. Do it. Fuck yeah. I think that, um... Because, you know, why not? So, uh, Herbert, so he's going to go over here and kind of pace around the individual and really take stock of him and try and imagine what this dwarf would have been like in life. Um, is there any, like, you, the, the, the individual is basically mummified, but there is there any, like, wrinkles or anything like that to his face? Yeah, um, pretty deep wrinkles underneath the eyes um, that's sort of, like, pressed together like two pieces of paper it's very strange um there's a scar right above the left eyebrow little minute one and this long curling red beard mm-hmm. wow there's, there's detail to it for sure <clears throat> like it hasn't been lost in death he's gonna kind of study that and i think he's gonna actually go around to the front of the individual and get down his knees and start to say a few words hmm. over okay. the individual with his, with his hands out talking about you know, Orphos leading this individual through the battles that he had seen, hmm. and the fact that he was able to find peace in the end. And I'm gonna cast prayer. Okay. Okay. What's that do? What does that do? Well, it's gonna cost me two mana, uh, and basically, I'm gonna roll a six-sided dice, okay. and uh, it's gonna do a thing. Oh God. So oh I'll, I'll roll it and I'll let you know what the result is, and then I can just we can decide. 
Okay. But Herbert, you know, he's he's into this and like has his left hand extended out and eyes kind of closed and like semi quiet prayer. And on the other hand, he's working that that ring of Orphos. While he's doing that, I want to keep an eye on the salamanders and see how they perk up at that. Okay. That's a one. One. Well, so uh, mechanically it says that uh, Deity does not hear my prayer and the mana is just wasted. Aww. Um, so nothing happens. Hmm. Dice magic, yo. Interesting. Hmm. So yeah, you've got your hand out on this thing. Um, sort of framing its face a bit and like thumbing the armor and saying this prayer. Um, you definitely don't feel like it didn't get through. Um but you feel comforted in your interpretation of this, mm-hmm. um, of like what happened here, and I think that he was just like uh, like casting it unconsciously, yeah, because this is not a spell that he's ever used before, right? Mm. Um, and specifically, he kind of picked it up right around the same time that he picked up that ring. If he's purposely so. not trying to get into it, then he he knows something is going on, like yeah. he can feel something, yeah. Um, and it's a really good cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> it is like this very, like, homely feeling. Like, to even even to form this connection with him outside of, you know, between the veil, like, you're still forming a connection with another, you know, follower of Orphos, which is mm-hmm. rare in this world. Yeah, and a true follower of Orphos, not, not yeah. one of Lord Alamander's fucking cronies. Yeah. <laughs> I love the actual, like, hatred yeah. you have for them. <laughs> yeah. As uh, as that was going on, Echo has drifted away towards okay. the cave. Okay. And uh, does that bring me any closer to where we saw the one-eyed salamander? Pretty much dead on. Like, you're amidst them now. The cave it, mouth is about 30 feet away from you. Does it bring me anywhere near Zadira? Um, it would have brought you past her. Then as as she passes Zanira, I think Echo kind of like lingers there and like looks at Zanira and says, is he playing a game? Hmm. So like hide and seek. If it is, it's far beyond the uh, understanding of either one of us. Hmm. He's just doing, in particular, if you're that interested, the idea is that he's doing nothing. Um. You know, if you practice, then you get better at something. Of course, that's true of everything. He has uh, done nothing in so many different shades and so many different times that I would wager he, at the moment, is probably nothing at all, which seems to be our problem because we really need him to fucking be something, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <sighs> all right. <clears throat> Kind of recomposes herself. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Echo, like, looks up at her and says, I mean, is he... Is he worth finding? (laughs) I think he's worth finding. Although you don't fucking care what I say. (laughs) You haven't seen him in three years. No. She shrugs at you. Doesn't mean he's not worth finding things can happen in three years okay she walks away what the fuck okay fine how far away are you i don't know i'm just yelling at you 230 feet 
<laughs> so like screaming across this gland. Of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't yeah. I be? Um. Okay. The cave. Okay. The cave. Um. So you approach this cave. You know, making sure not to step on salamanders as you go. It's pretty smooth. The top of it's really lumpy. That same sort of like lumpy gray soft stone um and it sort of like is a ridge the stone back of it dips just below and like into the wall of vines and stuff so it kind of disappears you can see it's basically a a a straight shot that just goes down at like a 45 50 degree angle into darkness there's the water trickling down it and you can see a couple bats hanging um right close to the mouth of it really big um a little further down, there is sort of this shining yellow light. It almost looks like it's coming from beneath a pool of water. <laughs> hmm. Does this cave feel magical? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. Hmm. Hmm. This is hmm. some Arthurian shit. Hmm. Hmm. Wow, huh. Hmm. Magic cave. Who would have ever thought that there'd be magic cave in the you know, in, in the most Maxwell's magical, Grove. in the most magical uh, focal point of the Crystal Woods? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Impossible. Um, how far away is that glow? Uh probably about a hundred, hundred fifty feet down, at an angle, on sheer wet rock. <laughs> Well, filled with massive face-eating bats. Uh, hell yeah! My voice cracked. Oh <laughs> uh, hell yeah! <laughs> Yikes! Then, uh, fuck you. Echo, uh, <laughs> Belly flopped that bit. Hey! <laughs> Echo pulls out one of her daggers and lights it on fire. Okay. Okay. So she's now shedding light around herself. Right. Oh, all right. And she kind of holds it up like a torch. And starts to walk down the... Okay. Um, roll agility, I think, for this. You're just sort of, like, riding your own ankles down, sort of grabbing onto the rocks behind you. But, like, you're not going... It's sort of like you're you're falling in little little bumps. Right. Um, controlled falling. Nine. Nine. Okay, yeah, it's, it's good enough. There's a, there's a few um, scary moments where you see, like, a little root sticking out from the stone. You're like, oh, fuck. And then you, you know, kind of lift your leg over it. Um but uh, you kind of bump your way down, and it evens out about 90 feet down, a lot closer than you thought it'd be. Um, and there's sort of a rim of stone and around this pool, which is pretty small, about 30 by 30 feet. Um, stalagmites and stalactites around it. Um, and then in the center where that yellow glow is, it seems like it's coming from one central point and sort of shining up in like a cone towards the, the water which is, for some reason, inexplicably slightly rippling, even though there's no wind in here. Can't tell what what this is causing this? Damn, man, it looks fucking weird. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to be real with you. Roll wit, Areno. 16. 16. It's not moving. It's at a still point. Um, Once in a while, you'll see, like, a fish go over it where the cone is and sort of cast this shadow across the top of the water, like a, like almost like shadow puppets. Um, and whenever that happens, it seems to like sort of jostle and move just a bit. Um, almost like it's playing with the shadow. 
it looks kind of like it's some sort of creature down there. Um, you can almost see like a membrane, like a bulb. Um, and it seems to be reacting to other movement, like getting out of the way of it or chasing after it very slowly. Um, it's definitely some kind of creature. She uh, <clears throat> whispers to her hair. Let's say God. Hmm. Interesting, but not necessarily worth drowning alone in the dark for. Damn. Unless you're very hungry. No, I don't think it's worth jumping into this water for. How deep's the water? Look. Probably about 50 feet deep. Yeah. Ooh. No. That doesn't sound fun. Hmm. Nothing else in here? Just bats? Just bats. It's pretty empty, pretty craggy. It does look like on the other side where this rim kind of goes around the pond. On the other side, there does look to be sort of this crack that's just big enough to where you could probably squeeze in sideways. And it looks like it goes down, back pretty deep. Really deep. Not right now. <laughs> I think she says that out loud. Not right now. And she turns around and starts making her way back up. Okay. Um, I think she's probably like hand over hand and flickering her yeah. way back up. Gotcha. Nice. Um, so does she make it back up? No problems? Yeah, pretty easily. I mean, you know, it takes a second, but yeah, you get up there. And she uh, walks out of the um, of the cave. How far away is this like mass of salamanders that he was in? But the one we think is him. They're 30 feet outside the, the cave mouth, so he's short walk over. She walks over, and uh, she sits down. Okay. Outside, like right on the edge of this mass. And uh, I think she says hello in green. Okay. A couple and of these... Go ahead. A couple of these salamanders kind of poke their head up at, at you and sort of crane their necks and look in your direction. And then she says in common, what's that down there in the cave? It's no response. A couple of them blink um, asymmetrically in your direction, oh, one God. eye and then the next. So good. Big black, glistening blackberry eyes. Beautiful. And uh, she lights up one of her weird witchy cigarettes. Okay. And she's going to sit there for a minute. Sounds good. I will uh, get Meanwhile. up and go in the general direction of wait where they are. Um, does it look like PL could walk around without stepping on a salamander? Oh yeah, yeah. Easy I'll, peasy. I'll look at him. Say, okay, do you, if you if you get down, we can't eat any of them. Is that all good? No. That sounds like a no to me. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> hmm. All right. Okay, you can just stay right here then. <laughs> no. What the fuck does that? <sighs> Echo, what is my cat saying? I mean, does it work that way? No, he he's just meowing. Yeah, it's like it's just. I wish I could really talk to him. Way. I just want to be able to talk to my cat. He'll go over there in the general direction of them piddling around, probably mm -hmm. on like the other side of this salamander mass, though. Okay. Find anything interesting in that cave? Uh, something glowing. Did you grab it? Something alive. Well, that's fun. Did you grab it? Uh, no. Normally something that's alive in the bottom of a cave uh, doesn't like to be grabbed. You know, you got a good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I just thought, you know, the curiosity would get the better of you and you'd just start, you know, 
grabbing at the weird creature in the cavern. I thought about it. Well, think think about it harder, and then go do it. Why don't you go do it? Because I'm watching these salamanders to see which ones react to you going and doing that. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me to go in the cave? I mean, why not? But I want to look at the salamanders. <laughs> <laughs> One of these salamanders burst from beneath the, like, bellies and piles um, that are thickest. Uh, a couple feet away from you, its knees like fully extended outward um, and like waving this huge meaty tail behind it and like leaps up and starts running away from you guys. Does it have one eye? Uh, it's not facing you, so you didn't see. Oh, well, there goes a salamander. It's like, <laughs> think that's him? Uh, maybe. Herbert chases it. Okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. No, no, fucking getting away for the one. All right, roll agility. <laughs> Ugh. Well, four. Okay, you uh, run towards this thing, and as soon as like you're right at the tail and you're about to belly flop it, like jump up like you did before, mm-hmm. um, it just sort of like full stops, and you kind of like halt yourself from the momentum and slip on the rocks and sort of twist around. And as you're twisting around, your eyes lock with this thing as it backs up behind you, and you can see that not only does it have one eye, but you can you swear in this moment of like adrenaline and and being twisted upside upside down you hear it say you hear like murmur like hmm almost human-like and mm-hmm. then you land on your back get the air knocked out of you and it jolts off in another direction how far away um probably about 60 feet by the time you like get your bearings again and like get up and start moving 60 feet yeah <laughs> looks at me like you're the fucking one has Lester's right on it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, we're fucking here. You. You. Get ready. Are we all getting drunk now? Yes. Perfect. Yeah. So he has designated that fucking salamander oh one eye as a target okay. for Lester's right. Okay. It twists around and it faces you and it slaps its big meaty white, big meaty paws um, on the wet rock and just kind of like hunkers down and looks at you. Mm-hmm. And then leans down and starts drinking the water. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he knows. Yeah. You, uh, does it work both ways? No. Okay. Not that I'm aware shit. of it. There's no description like that. Gotcha. So he's <clears> drinking <throat> the water. Like, <laughs> all right. So is there like a puddle of water in front of Herbert? Oh yeah. There's water everywhere. Okay. It's all connected. Does it, does it like, does this area that he's in front of just seem to be like collected or is it just like, we're, it's a giant like fucking, Sopping wet puddle. There's, there's, yeah, there's, there's pools throughout and sort of like a network of streams and pools. Okay, well then Herbert's going to belly flop into the nearest large puddle and cast Pirate's Miracle on it and start sopping up the water straight out of the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Just locking eye contact. Um, The salamander kind of like charges you, like fake charges you, gets about 20 feet away from you and then puts one foot in front of the other and as you're like, and you're turning this Pirate's Miracle and drinking, right? Mm-hmm. So you're just drinking this, and you can see, like, the liquor is, like, pouring out of his mouth, and it's gulping, um, and kind of looks at you, and you see below you, the water begins to sort of, like, lower, and you think you're just drinking very quickly, but vines are, like, sprouting upwards. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, like, pull away and look at your hand, and you can see that there's vines, like, piercing your skin and, like, coming out of your palm. 
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Are we just watching this? So now we yeah. we just so, take took a big drink too. Oh yeah, yeah, been yeah. Directing the line yeah. along. Okay, so Herbert's immediately gonna whip out his uh, his water skin off of his hip okay. and start chugging on that, keeping eye contact with this water. No, with the uh, with the salamander. No, I mean, what are you drinking? You're just drinking water again? Oh, no, no, it's booze. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Herbert, Herbert is going to get himself really drunk. So oh, God, Herbert, it. you're drinking a lot of alcohol. <laughs> so are we. It's, it's as fine, we're, like, you know. coughing up, like, yeah. as we're speaking, we're, like, coughing up alcohol. Absolutely. Echo and E roll might. Uh, oh, no. Herbert, finishing off the last bit of this water skin. The salamander's, like, locked in and, like, looking at you, and you see him kind of, like, wobble a little bit, and you feel, like, an itchiness <laughs> on your palm, and you look, and you see that those vines are sort of like flickering mm-hmm. and then they sort of like flicker out and you realize it was an illusion mm-hmm. and you look at the salamander and he just sort of like puts his big football shaped head on top of one of the big wet paws and just sort of like falls asleep. <sighs> Herbert just sticks both hands in the air. <laughs> we fucking got him. Go Carver yells the moon elf. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I immediately sit the fuck down because I rolled a two on my mind save. So I'm pretty drunk. You're wasted. Yeah, I rolled an eighteen. Hey, I fucking wasted. hate you. Yeah, <laughs> you've got, 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 got a more experience hanging out with Herbert. So, yep. <laughs> so he is visibly drunk. Yep. Okay. I think awesome. Herbert. Fuck you. I hate this. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got got a bit of a buzz. He's gonna walk over and just like pick this wizard salamander up, <laughs> just, like around the waist. He's gonna carry it over to uh, Zanira and just hand it to her. <laughs> she kind of takes it, kind of like you know, sleeping baby style. He goes, and extending her arms fully out, kind of looks at you. What am I supposed to do with this? What do you mean? I don't, I don't fucking know. That's him. I'm pretty sure it's him. He well, tried to cast some sort of fucking magic on me. We can uh, wait until he wakes up and see if he changes back of his own accord, or... Maybe just shake him. He's probably not going to do that. He's going to be a salamander forever. Herbert, you got me really fucking drunk. <laughs> You're welcome. So he's a shapeshifter. Mm. <laughs> Sort of. Sometimes. He can. Um, <laughs> things that are natural. But it's not like a spell. It's uh, it's like reflecting it. Hmm. Or writing it, almost. She shakes a salamander. <laughs> 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 like, pretty... Pretty furiously, just like whips it back and forth. You can see the heads like jerking and flopping around, <laughs> all wet, like slapping against itself. He doesn't wake up. He's probably dead. Yeah, give it, give it to me. Give me the salamander. Give, hand hand me my fucking uncle. <laughs> <laughs> she hands it over to you, like swathing it, kind of like a baby. I'll just hold it with one hand. Set it in my lap. Well, obviously. Oh God, I'm so drunk though. Yeah. Oh no. Okay, oh, yes. I'll keep a hand on it and say, um, I've got some pretty good fucking stories. But uh, unfortunately, you're a salamander, and I'm too fucking drunk for this. But, uh, you know, don't you want to swap stories or something like that? That's what you do literally all the time. The one eye kind of like blinks open and looks at you. And in a second, you see it kind of like dilate, and you realize that it's really human looking. It's sort of like watching you. You can see it's sort of like moving around and focusing on your features for a second, mm-hmm. taking you in. Yep, it's me. It's and me. Then it, then it goes, hmm. He kind of like moves a little bit drunkenly and flops out of your hands and onto the stone. 
um, and kind of like turns to face you and looks up at you. He's fucking huge. Um, he's sort of looking up at you with this one eye. Goddamn, you're a really big salamander. Hmm. How long you been a salamander? Why are you doing this? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I just do it right back at him. The salamander smiles, which is really fucking creepy. Man, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. Cut that shit out. Hmm. So, like, stop being a salamander. Herbert's refilling his water skin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Zanira is actually next to you at this point, just kind of, like, looking at this display of, of E crouched down and talking to the salamander. Mm-hmm. Herbert's continuing to drink alcohol. Oh, God. <laughs> We're only going to get drunker. Yeah. Please, God. Echo, I, know. I just really at? need to get drunk. <laughs> I think Echo has moved over, like, with E. Okay. I think if E's, like, hunkered down, Echo's standing behind him, like, full height. Just standing up. So the middle of the salamander's forehead splits open. Oh, God. Okay. Almost like a zipper. Um, and it goes down the back and all the way to the tail. And then it sort of like splits open and you see vines explode outwards and sort of grow. And then it sort of folds in on itself until it's just a bundle of that. And it's letting off like colorful burst of smoke. It almost seems like a magician's trick. It almost seems like some kind of like corny joke. I was about to say, don't hold it in. Um, And then these like little flares, like minute little flares, almost like firework kind of bottle rockets. Yeah. Oh my God. About, about five feet up and just, and fills this area with smoke. And you see like rising out of the back of the salamander, the singular slit of light, which seems almost like prisma color. And it just sort of hangs in there for a second probably about five feet foot eight and out from the tip of it these it sort of spider webs out into the shape of antlers and the light sort of curves outward again and into itself and sort of takes on this silhouette which reforms and as the smoke clears you see this figure just sort of like very very unceremoniously like very like buzzkill way the smoke just sort of clears and there's just a dude there Um, i love this (laughs) he's a lot shorter than yui he's a little hunched he has a well-groomed beard which kind of becomes wild at the end but almost purposely so and this singular mustache um like row of hair that sort of coils out like antenna on the left and right sides it's gray and oaken looking and then the top of his head is covered in this helmet that's avian in its features it kind of has a beak that runs down the nose made out of metal the antlers protrude out of that this like massive rack mostly goes up um, as opposed to side to side Um, the eyes and most of the nose is covered in these like very thin leather fringes and you can see a strap of what looks like some sort of white fabric that runs down away from the eye that wasn't there when he was a salamander um he's wearing a throw of furs um and beyond that he's got pretty simple like brown and green clothing on um his feet are probably the most curious thing they almost look like they're barefoot but like Upon closer inspection, it's the shape of his feet, um, which are a little large for his size, but they're covered in like these big, thick leaves that seem to sort of like wrap his toes up individually into almost like these sandals um, and more like a boot that climbs up uh, a little past his ankle. Um, 
as he appears, that ray of light stays there for a moment, and then it solidifies and forms into this white staff. Looks like maybe cedar, but it's been sort of sun-bleached with antlers at the top of that. It's a little taller than him. And he kind of rests it in the crook of his arm and looks at you. I just hand him a petrichor cigarette. <laughs> he kind of like puts his lips out and grabs it. And you can see the mustache sort of waving in and out as he grabs the cigarette with his lips and sort of brings up a finger and lights it with his hand. He goes, <laughs> and then he starts walking away from you. Great. Well, it's nice to see you. I'm just sitting on the ground. <laughs> he walks about 20 feet away from you, plants the staff in the ground, and it just sort of roots itself in there with its own roots from the bottom. It grabs onto the rock, and they twist around pretty dramatically, like the fur sort of hanging in the air for a second. He looks at you, still kind of hunched, kind of strokes his beard for a second. Hmm. I will be interested to discover how far you've gone without my guidance. Oh, no. <laughs> um, <clears throat> not very far. I think well, I'm well, deserving uh, of it after three years of oh God. not communicating with you. It's probably the most effective and swift manner to catch up on things. Oh, God, he's going to kick my ass. Roll initiative. I'm so fucking drunk. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but technically he's been drinking, too. So. Oh, God. So maybe he's going to go too hard. <laughs> <laughs> think about it. Just accidentally kill you. Am, am I rolling initiative, or is this just them? It's. It appears to be just them. Yeah. I got an eleven. Okay. Um, oh God. He says he kind of like burst into stance, and you guys recognize his stance. Um, it's not like a boxing stance. It's very like wide and spread out and angled, but also very subtle. Um, and it's kind of what E does, but way better. Yep. And then he says, I'm drunk and soars through the air, <laughs> foot extended. Oh, God. He's going to try and attack you. Yeah. That is a natural 20. <laughs> that is He's a... head explodes. Does a 31 hit your AC? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Mm. He slams his foot in oh, your chest. God. You go flying backwards. It's sort of boom, boom, bump on your butt, twist around, and fall onto your back. Jesus um, Christ. You take eight points of non-lethal damage. Oh, my God. He's going to knock my ass out. And okay. he lands, and you see the furs quiver for a second. And he says, hmm. And then you see in his hands is your gun. Well, I wasn't going to use that, so that's not fair. He quickly opens his other hand, and you can see six bullets inside. And he says, Hmm. I think otherwise. I think it probably would have been your first move. But what will you do now, fucker? <laughs> and he's just sort um, of looking at these bullets. Well, first off, I, I wasn't going to fucking shoot you. Hmm. And second off, I'm just going to wait for you to do something else. He begins to slowly walk in your direction. I just hang out there. Echo moves oh, out I should, of his way. <laughs> I should probably stand up. I'll stand up. Okay, well, it's your turn now. So you stand up. It's an action to stand up, isn't it? Yeah. Fuck, I'll hold the other action. Okay. Um, then it's, I guess it's his turn again. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to try and pop you in the face twice. Cool. I could just imagine, like, Echo, Herbert, and Zanira just standing back, like, eating popcorn watching. <laughs> <laughs> Versus a 17. No, that doesn't hit, and I'm going to, um... Which arm is he extending? Is he fully extending the arm? Left arm fully extended. Okay, I'm going to pop him in the base of the elbow. Okay. Uh, I'm never going to fucking hit him. 
that's a 14. Okay. Um, so yeah, you kind of like slap against his elbow pretty like it's just so quick that you didn't get a full shot off and you slap against his elbow as he pops you in the in the face um you take two points of non-lethal damage and your nose is bloodied thanks he he pulls back he goes oh my gosh i'm so sorry well you hit me in the face what the fuck did you expect (laughs) to happen so gently i didn't expect you to burst wow okay (laughs) do you want to take bets on whether or not he actually gets a hit off echo Echo has now like rejoined herbert and zanira and she's just like grinning ear to ear because I just had this image of that first hit. He like whoosh, flew by, Echo, yeah. and yep. she just like okay. So it's like you know, three or five of her relatives have like immediately punched her in the face. Him, him, yeah, him. <laughs> we haven't played in a minute. That's right. Um, Echo says, "Yeah, yeah, it seems to be a trend." Um, he's pretty, pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking, oh my god, okay. Um, is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn now. How close is he to me? Five feet away from you. That's too close. Um, how, okay, so he's got antlers on his helmet, right? Right. I'm gonna try to... <laughs> Just classy as fuck. I'm gonna try to knock that fucking helmet off. Alright, make an attack roll. Ah, four. You you kind of take a step forward, like guarded stance, and launch uh your fist in the direction of Antler, and he twists away from it as he does so, and just sort of twist up into the air and onto the top of your hand as you stand there extended. And he's just sort of standing there with one tiptoe and like looking down at you, perfectly balanced on your arm, and he goes, <laughs> Fucking show off. <laughs> and then he flicks one of the bolts in the eye. What? In my eye? Yeah. What the fuck? He just kind of flicks it in your eye and it just sort of slaps against it. Uh, oh take my damage. god. You're just hitting the eye for a second and then he lands again very softly, almost like he's flying. Um, Echo and Herbert see that as well. Hmm. Man. <sighs> Unsatisfied. Great. Okay, great. So I've got a bloody nose and I didn't even hit you. So that's great. Really yes. happy. Really, uh, really improved. Obviously. Well, I didn't say you didn't have the right to be unsatisfied. You can hit me if you'd like to. And I... he's looking at his tea. Like it looks like he's looking at the reflection of a teacup filled with tea that he's holding, like his own reflection in the tea. And you don't remember where he got it. <laughs> <laughs> By all means, I just learned everything I need to. No, his other hand kind of reaches up and you see a little grain of amber sand. Why? Hmm. Kind of sniffs it for a second. Oh, shit. That's very interesting. Is it? He turns. He looks quite upset with you. Awesome. And starts walking towards Echo. All right. Uh, Yep. Good talk. It's great. I miss you and I love you. All right, sure. (laughs) Walks up to you a little too close, Echo. Kind of looks up at you. And I think like right when he gets like a certain distance, Echo kind of like extends to full height. Like kind (laughs) of like straightens her back a little bit. Yeah, he's still like crooked looking. He's still like head forward. He's, He's he doesn't seem to be phased by this at all. Like his, you didn't you didn't see his movement 
match yours in any capacity. There was no communication. It was almost like he was just like a, a part of the wind for a second. Um, so you have this like rising to full fu- height, very, I mean, I wouldn't say typical echo, but like very human thing to do. This thing, this person, this creature is instantly alien to you. He approach and he kind of like looks at you for a second. He pulls away the leather fringes and you see where the eye is missing. There's this sort of like soft white leaf pressed over it. And he just looks like he's looking at you through this leaf eye patch that he has on. And then he extends his hand outward towards you, palm up, as if like requesting you to give him something. She uh, looks looks at his hand and then looks at his face. She says, what are you going to do with it? Hmm. I think I will destroy it, probably. Or eat it. Hey, don't don't give him that. <laughs> I mean, destroying it is an option. Uh, he's not going to... I don't think... Uh, are you, You're not going to destroy it, are you? Why wouldn't I destroy it? Okay, well, you know, you're just curious, and... He's, like, saying this, like, 50 feet away, like, holding his bloody nose. He looks down at you, Herbert. Herbert's hmm. just eating out of a ration tin with his hands. <laughs> <laughs> he looks down at you and says, Hmm, I'm wasted. <laughs> yeah, he's not a bad one. Is this your doing? Yeah. I think figured you'd figure that out. Hmm. That's an interesting sort of magic that you have. It's just me. Herbert just kind of raises his hands up and shrugs. All right. Uh, tavern man and swamp trash is what you brought me. Yep. Yeah. And he just like big chess iron grin. This is perfect. That's normal what you like. I'm excited. Please hand it over. Don't. I want to go in that direction. I want to walk over towards him. You look great, by the way. It says that to Echo? Yeah. She just kind of like looks at him, like cocks her eyebrows. Smell good, too. That's important. That Herbert just goes, she smells like the woods. <laughs> she smells like the woods. That makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, I want to like pull the doorknob out, but he's going to fucking grab it. Oh, yeah. He I'm not even going to see him move. He's just going to take it. Probably already Probably has. has. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's a good question. Do I still have the doorknob? <laughs> uh, you are you holding it in a, like a specific place, or is it just somewhere in your backpack? She has it. I, I think it's like in a bag, like at her hip. Gotcha. Um, yeah, you still have it. You kind of reach down with one hand and like, like, feel it, and it's still there. Could just be a rock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the obsidian skin man made that mistake of just hanging it in a single mm-hmm. pouch on his hip, and obviously mm-hmm. we saw where that got him. So, uh, well, you know. we don't know what the fuck it does. We do know that if it attaches to things, that's true. Yeah. Um, I vote you don't give it to him, but you let him see it. You're drunk. Shut the fuck up, Herbert. <laughs> she reaches in the bag and holds up the doorknob. He kind of, like, looks at it and kind of retracts his hand for a second. Is this it? And then looks over his shoulder over at you, E. Oh, shit, my bad. Says, what is this? Uh, it's, uh, you read books, right? Yes. 
It's a doorknob. Hmm. A piece of it. Wait a minute. What? What? Wait. What? What? What were you talking about then? This individual carries an eye. What? Of the pale, and I will not comment on this doorknob or any of your issues until it has been taken care of. You still have that fucking eye. You have a pale eye. She starts rooting through her bag. She goes, I don't remember. Wow, you're a bad liar. Pulls out. I don't think she literally does remember. Oh, okay. She hasn't had that out since before E was in the party. That's true. So uh, she pulls out a vial that has a little red eye in it. She goes, this. Yes. You must give it to me willingly. She just kind of hesitantly holds it out. That's so fucking disgusting. He uh, (laughs) goes goes to grab it, takes it away from you, and kind of like moves it around in his hand and like mutters something. And you can hear him just like, the stench. And then he puts his right hand out and it's just like ashes that he lets go in the wind. All right. So we shall talk. Yeah. Well, how long have you been carrying a fucking pale eye on you? Too fucking long. Uh, since before called you. Ooh. Oh, called Parsley. Since before we got a hold of the door. Right. Before the door knob, yeah, I just had it in the backpack. This is some gelatinous jelly in the bottom of a vial. Oh, that's gross. Maxwell sits down cross-legged and just sort of looks at you with his hands on his knees, like back straight, almost childlike. And he uh, just kind of looks around at you guys and doesn't say anything, but just sort of looks like he's anticipating, like he's ready. He looks ready. All right. Motions to you guys. Ask him some fucking questions. Share some stories. We'll get the less important things out of the way. The things that you probably care about the most because of curiosity. And then we will really get into the meat of things tonight. That sounds good to me. Well, Herbert, you want to start us off? Yeah, what the fuck is a door? The door? Very old. It's been used by many. Claywell used it once to house things of unscrupulous nature, nefarious things, or very good things that she didn't wish to be misused. Looking back, it was a rather ignorant choice. Many of the valiant ones, the noble ones who stood against the tides of evil, had less tools to choose from. Those things are few and far between. It's all we have. They don't grow. Well, there is the one that was recently made. But, for the most part, instruments of magical, extreme magical power are quite rare. Toad used it once. Your enemy used it once. We think. And he kind of looks over at Zanira, the moon elf, and says, Zanira, that's her story to tell you tonight. For the most part, I don't know, and that should probably concern you. Yes, it does. <sighs> A lot. <laughs> kind of like strokes this little mustache. Well, if uh, if you don't know anything about it, 
We need to think about whether or not we're going to destroy anything. If we're going to destroy the doorknob. Oh, you can't destroy that. <laughs> Certainly, there's got to be a way. Well, you can't destroy a fable relic, and it is older than a fable relic and of much more power, I imagine. Well. What if we destroyed one of its parts? It's feasible, yeah. You can make sure that it is unpowered. It does need to be powered, from what I've read, by something. Um, a glowstone. Ah, well, there you go. That could work, definitely. Um, well, I mean, if you were to open it. Sorry, I'm still a little, little hazy here, but, um, you know, if you were to open it, couldn't you just throw one of the pieces inside the door, too? You know? Ooh, <laughs> no? These are questions you don't want to be asking. All right. Things well, what like- do you think? Well, things like this are intricate. Um, they're kind of mechanized in a way, despite being natural. You don't want to put a part where it's not supposed to be. Um, That's fair. Especially for something beyond us. Could halt, stop the world's engine. Or... Hmm. I don't know, we could find out if you'd like to. I mean, it affects me not. <laughs> what, a, what a fucking jackass. <laughs> He strokes his beard again. How long is his beard? Um, it's a little past the collarbone. Okay. I'm gonna have so much fun drawing this. <laughs> um, Echo asks, what's that down in the cave? Uh, I'd imagine it's a big glowing fish of some kind. <laughs> uh, do you not do you not know what kind of fish it is? I traveled down there in my time as a salamander and observed it and smelt of it, but uh no, I don't think that I will investigate it quite yet. Uh, I come to this grove often, and I, I make sure that there's always another mystery waiting for me next time to discover. Or else I'd <laughs> probably go mad. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> the look you just fucking gave me. Well, since we're on really non-important things, mm-hmm. who's that dwarf? Hmm. Yes. Um, came to this grove again about six months ago. I've been here for a long time. He came in the first month to hear stories from me about wars and battle. He was passing in his old age, and I assume are, or was, an acolyte of Orphos, um, as you are. I sense that sl- same sort of energy from you. He came to... Yeah, besides a big stories. badass back patch. <laughs> yes, you're a little obvious. Uh, it's a nice back patch. You've got it. Flaunt it. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Much of the stigma of the Seven is gone now, especially their mixing, save for the man of the tower. Um, Most people... Herbert spits. (laughs) ...have become very varied, more faithful as of late. Um, For the most part, he just wanted a calm and happy end filled with things that were of him, of Orphos and of justice and of determination and power and war and rebellion. So he saw many stories as he went to sleep. I gave him that privilege. I gave him that right. I fulfilled it. What was his name? Gogora. That's a mouthful. (laughs) Right. Anybody else have any questions? Patrick? Uh... Do we want to start just like getting into the meat of this? I could start. tell some embarrassing baby stories about E. Why? Why yeah, would you do let's that? Do that. <laughs> no, we could just you know move on to I something else. I know yes. you've got a question. <laughs> 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 I 
What's my question? Well, I don't know. You've got a question, though. I have lots of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just don't want me to hear an embarrassing story. Well, I've got a lot of them, so... She asks, what was up with the teller? Mm, that's a good one. He kind of, like, looks around at you guys, like, hmm? Tailswalt? Oh, yes. Like I said earlier, the, the power of the Seven is bright in this time. The Pale One is dead, and like a lampshade taken off, the, the glow, it never left. It was just covered, but it is pure now and unhindered. So, too, the spirits are strong and singing now. The power of certain beings that were once mysterious have begun to grow and shape. But many of the smaller spirits, the ones that had less hold on the world, less power, are still finding their footing. Different beliefs can bring about different results. If you're still finding yourself, well, you know, it's it's easy to fracture here and there. Your tenets, your your values, they can shift and become their own persons in some ways. What you saw back there is probably a result of it. What you see around you is a good thing. What was back there was a bad thing. Both parts of the same spirit <laughs> still finding itself. Someday maybe it will rejoin with itself and become a balance of the two as it should be. But for now... You have new spirits, at least stronger spirits, with followers that don't necessarily understand what they're worshipping quite yet. So, there can be misinterpretations. There could even be correct interpretations that are merely different and new. Magic is a very complicated thing. What I'm trying to say is it was a big fuck-up. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot more clear now. Okay. Well, the uh, the teller attacked us. Yeah, plucked on our strings, I can imagine. Maybe. Really? That kind I think of power? So. I, uh, well, certain magic didn't affect it, and... Uh, you know, it just sort of felt like... Uh, I, I don't know, how do you describe it? It felt extremely etheric? Hmm. That really sucks for everyone here. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that really sucks for you guys. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I'm glad well, you're okay. Yeah, huh? It was, uh... It had a piece of the doorknob. It doesn't anymore. No. You have that piece of the doorknob? Mm -hmm. That's Herbert. why it attacked us. Pat's his vest. Hmm. Keeping it separated? Yeah. It's probably a good idea. These things tend to have a mind of their own. He looks off vacantly and distantly <coughs> for a second, just like off into the tree line. Cool. <laughs> That's yeah. cool, Uncle Max. <laughs> you know, your family is really cool. It's just all, it's, everybody's on the level. <laughs> Real cool people. Well, I actually think they're all pretty interesting. You haven't even met half of them. Oh, fun. It is fun. Herbert <laughs> pulls out another cigarette. We don't have family gatherings. <laughs> Maxwell um, kind of motions to you, Echo, for another cigarette. To me? Yeah. 
Can I can I have another cigarette that you've brought? Is it like one of mine or one of the Petrichor? Oh, I thought that he got those from you. Um, I think I would like one of yours, actually. She pulls out. She's These are like... I've never actually described what they look like. They're like hand-rolled uh, cigarettes that have no, no filter, no holders. I don't think ours have any yeah. filters either. They're probably just rolling. Probably not, yeah. no. I don't know. Do they? Do Petrichor tobacco cigarettes have filters? They have like a sort of like a hard cardstock filter. It's pretty basic. Right, right, right. Okay. You know, E was named after me to an extent. Yep. That's true. How's that work? What do you mean? Your name's Emerald Ether. Oh no, not my name is Maxwell. Yeah, that doesn't make it, any it, used, sense. it used to be E. Am I just too drunk? No, I'm not drunk. I don't know what's going on. You're not too drunk. I am too drunk. However, uh, it was a pretty bad idea to get me drunk. Um, <laughs> I think it was fine. Well, I think it went well. Wanted answers, and now my mind is all murky, and I'm drunk. Well, it's not so much as my name used to be E. Um, my name was once E. Now it is Maxwell. <clears throat> Your name was Emerald Ether. No. No. It was just E. It was just E. Okay. I'm gonna try to knock his helmet off. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta try to fucking get this boy. God damn it! What'd it's you get? An, an eleven. He grabs your wrist Fuck. with this. <laughs> With his left hand, and you notice Echo and Herbert for the first time, this, like, gnarled wood hand, like, grabs the wrist. Oh. And <laughs> it definitely seems like a prosthetic, but it seems like naturally grown wood his hand is made out of. And he grabs the wrist, and he says, and before my name was E, God damn it was Maxwell. And then he slowly puts your hand, just very forcibly and very slowly, back on your knee. I'm angered at you. What? <laughs> I'm furious at you. Well, shit. So give me some time, please. Okay. All right. Just, you know, trying. Anyways. You might want to be quicker. Well, I literally can't. So. You can. You just be quicker. Simple as that. Sure. And then he kind of steeples his hands. Hmm. Is there anything else? I'm trying to think of the small things to talk about. Well, All we've got plenty of uh, big stuff things. to talk about. <laughs> Sorry. In particular, we've got a a name, but uh, the last person who said the name fell into an etheric coma. So, oh. Yeah, it just, it just depends, you know, yeah. if we want to talk about small stuff or we want to start talking about weird, bigger stuff. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Get some fucking answers. Well, we know there's a moon elf. Two. Running apparently. around. Well, I mean, there's, there's like 15, I think there's 12, actually. But I mean, they're not all here, they're just in the jungle. Zneer's just hanging out here. Hi. And then uh, apparently this guy's just piddling around in the woods somewhere. And there was another one who sort of broke off like this, but he's I think he's dead now. So do all the moon elves just suck like that one? Was 
Are they no. more like Zanira here? They're more like Zanira, but far less like either one of them. They're, despite their understanding of the ether and the magic of the world and their love, they are rather <clears throat> unhuman, out of touch, unperson. Stoic would be a word. Um, strange would be another. They're ununderstanding, which is unfortunate because their job, their instinct, their natural drive is to help us mortals. Well, the one we've encountered, said her, of course, um, looks like he's gonna try and kill everyone. Well, something. I don't know. He's already killed a lot of people. He is different, but in his own way, he thinks he is helping the mortals. Again, that is a story as Zanira will have to tell you tonight, but if we are getting into what you're up against and what we know, I can tell you a bit about that. First of all, E, hmm? you need not visit the Wizard of the Wood, the White Lady. Oh, good. She Why? knows of what's happening. Oh, perfect. All right. In fact, a few of us here on the East Coast, a few of us important parties, <laughs> as we're referred to in the Council of Sunbeam. I just roll my eyes. <laughs> a few of us have been in talks about is what is happening. We understand um, the West Coast, rather, excuse me. Hmm? We understand, to an extent, what you are going through. We also understand that you folks on the East Coast that are trying to do right kind of have your hands full with that man in the tower, Alamander. Her spits again. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so it is good that you've come to us so we can speak about it, at least, and I can tell others. In fact, that's one of the reasons I'm heading to Sunbeam in three days, which is our time limit before the Muckmen move in, and I must leave and abandon you while you fight them and probably assuredly die. Oh, um, thank you. I really appreciate that. No, your training was subpar. Um, I mean, the training mm -hmm. I gave you was magnificent, but mm -hmm. it's no. your techniques are lacking nowadays. You've run out of uh, excitement for the craft. <coughs> Thanks. So here's what you're looking at. You're looking at a moon elf. An insane babbling one, but a moon elf nonetheless, and people listen to that. You're looking at somebody that is, despite his insanity, somewhat charismatic, who has drive and gives promises. And you have a bunch of desperate convicts of powerful caliber that have fallen under league with him. But that's not what this is about. It's about the doorknob, we can assume. Echo nods. Herbert does as well. He is just one simple piece of the puzzle. I have received visions. I've heard stories that Alamander wants the doorknob as well. He and does. something else beyond my sight, which is connected to the moon elf. Do you know who, um... Who got them out of prison? No, I wasn't there. Well, I just didn't know if you heard anything. No, unfortunately not. But I have my suspicions. What are your suspicions? Whatever I'm sensing, it is large. And it seems to be speaking to him, guiding him along. It seems to be what's really in charge. He's just another piece on the board. Mm. Fortunately, I have my own pieces. 
And they are? Well, I suppose it's not really important to us. Oh, he can stew and fester on the East Coast and build his power, but we have spent the past 50 years after the Pale Wars fortifying Yaddle, fortifying our spirits, hearts, and minds for things of this nature. You three are a testament to that. You're not even connected to this network. However, you're here. To me, you're three wanderers. You're nobodies. I mean, of course, you're my nephew, but that's separate of that. Oh, well, yeah, like, no, well, I will... He's still kind of a nobody. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, <laughs> the three of you are heroes. You're drifters with badges. Um, you've got nothing. Maybe save for Herbert. I've heard you have a few stories under your belt. Well, I've been around for a little while. But you two, I mean, what is there of? You don't know about this. You, This isn't your problem, but you're still standing up. You don't have a prerogative to do such a thing, but you're doing it. That's just some pieces that aren't accounted for, that he's not accounting for. There's the White Lady, there's Sunbeam. The Emerald Crown won't stand for such a thing. Despite their greed, they'll, they're still good-hearted. He has a lot of resistance, and uh, a couple of convicts despite their power, aren't going to help him much. I think this issue is already in some capacity been resolved. I mean, look, you have the doorknob, do you not? We're completely in control. Um, I don't know about that, because, well, what got him out? And first off, why does he want the doorknob? I think that's honestly the most important question. Why? How? First off, how did Alamander hear about it? And why does he want it? does seem it's pretty disconcerting that Alamander knows about the doorknob in general. Alamander has a lot of resources and a lot of spies. A lot of well-learned men under him, and even more well-learned women. He's, uh, he's crafty, that one, and sharp, and just generally well-learned. Hmm. There okay. is something happening, and I'll tell you what it is. When the Pale One died on that mountain, an opening was left. Ooh. People are vying for power, just as the spirits are vying for power. What if they could get behind this doorknob that's said in legends to hold the heart of Aether? What if they could harness that? There's been people like this throughout the history of Lavinland. June Lyle in the Zenithian Civil War tried to become a god. She wished to enact the will of the people directly instead of hiding behind scripture and prayer and incense smoke. She wanted to be the people's god. And there was a pale one himself who, in all manners of speaking, wanted to destroy the gods. Everyone's looking for a change. No one's satisfied with Lavinlin. Now you have this option. There's an empty space in the realm of spirits, quite a large one, and untold power, and all you have to do is run some errands and open a door? It's yours? Of course there's going to be interested parties. They may not even know what they're chasing after. I don't think I fucking know what we're chasing after. They're just attracted to it. I mean, I definitely don't understand what that means, the heart of ether. <laughs> this is what I've read. 
Um, what do you think it means? I mean, I I know what we've talked about between us and the pioneers that there's possibly you know the the theory about the threads seems to be <laughs> less a theory now, more generally accepted. He kind of like separates his hands, the wooden one and the fleshy one. And you just see like coiled up around his fingers is just like this little thin sort of shimmering tied blue thread. It's like cobalt kind of like holds it and moves it around. It's like, oh, <laughs> he kind of like gives you this like, like, oh, amazed look like, oh, like a like a street magician. Yeah. And then he That's kind of folds it away. Is that what they're talking about when they talk about threads? Yeah. Yes. You know the magic you have. I can yes. feel it off you. It's not your own. You borrow it from somewhere. Right. But it's also inside you. Something you're using. Um, I can. And he kind of moves his hand away and you just see this like huge network of multiple colored threads between his hands, like tied up between the hands. Just this huge tapestry that's sort of hanging there for a second. I can take it from wherever I want to and use it in a pure way. I understand it as anyone, as much as anyone would understand such a thing. And because of that, it shows its true nature. Just some fabric. And he sort of folds his hands together again and they disappear. I wouldn't call it a theory. Doesn't appear to be. It's almost like everyone's walking around with blindfolds on. That's how I feel sometimes. Not to say it didn't take a lot of work to get to this point, but, uh... <laughs> hmm. The, um... The moon elf can grab at these threads. He's rather animalistic, isn't he? From what I hear. Rather bestial. <laughs> yeah. I still have yet to see him. He, uh... What you did just just there just now, yes, was very um soft, almost like you were being careful with it. Hmm. Do you think that's the same, or do you think it's just how we approach it? And he like leans into you, oh. kind of looks at you, brow down. Do you think that we use it in a different way? Do you think it's the same threads? I don't know. I didn't see him grab at his but our friend looks at herbert says our friend that did said that he just forcefully did what you did like he wrenched it hmm. from the air but i want to know your opinion what do you think <laughs> he just kind of squints at you very intensely are you asking if i think that you and the moon elf do the same thing? Yes. In a way, it seems to be that way. Hmm. But at the same time, even if you're using the same methodology, if you have such a drastically different approach to it and reasoning behind it, where does it stop being the same thing? Hmm. Kind of strokes his beard again. Yes, interesting. You can see at this point, soft evening is beginning to dole the woods around you into uh, 
into a gentle shade of yellow. The vine walls are beginning to retract somewhat and sort of coil away from themselves until they're basically just like about two or three feet high, sort of like as a border that runs along the hills around you. The antlered acolytes are all beginning to sort of move their way into this little world of you guys that you had. Um, Some of them are starting to light fires around the rim of it. Hmm. Yes, you guys are certainly fucked, aren't you? Well, the odds are not in our favor now. Herbert just flops down on his back. (coughs) We probably could have gotten somewhere further than this if I wasn't drunk. But we have two more days. Don't fucking complain about a free gift horse Hmm. mouth. (coughs) Nailed it. God. Not complaining, but I will I'm out of (coughs) boots. My I need another cigarette. I'll just hand you one. Herbert lights that up. Hmm. He is an interesting creature, isn't he? Yeah, he's pretty interesting. I feel like we're spinning our wheels. Oh, I mean, we certainly are. Maybe tonight we will hear a story that will make some things clear. Three days is a lot when you're trying to discuss such things, fighting evil and saving people and whatnot. Okay, I have uh I have something else. Alright. Um Herbert kinda get get ready to help here. Uh have you ever what? heard of Zaildross? Ah, oh, okay. Nothing seems to happen. Oh nice. Nice. Maxwell kinda looks up and you can see this sort of confused look on his face despite the leather fringes hiding most of it. He puts his hand, or his head on his hand, kind of thinks for a moment. Dross is the primordial word for a dragon. I think Zale is his name, or her name. Ooh. Dross just means dragon. Do you think we're dealing with a dragon? No, all the dragons are dead. Okay, well... But it would be funny and cool if it was a dragon. Isn't isn't there a dragon in Petricol? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that? I've been through there drunk, maybe. Oh, you stumble your way into all kinds of secrets, don't you, Mr. Carver? Yes, there is a dragon in Petrichor. Very few people know of that. Well, there's another one, too. Isn't Isn't there? No. But it would be very interesting if there was, wasn't there? One in secret hiding. All right, okay. So I'm just saying, every single time someone says, oh, that's done, that's gone, they're extinct, there's no more. There's always one yeah, more. Yeah, every, yeah. Every, there's, al- there's always something more. Everything's on the fucking table at this point. Like, this item, this doorknob that was supposed to not exist and be complete theory. It's not theory. Herbert's just, like, starting to kind of, like, ramble <laughs> and, like, as he's getting more drunk because he's continuing to drink. Well, oh, my drunk. God, is Lester's right still on? No, it only lasts oh, okay. for a minute. Well, drunk Herbert, which I will now call you because I've uh, come to the conclusion that you are two separate entities and I have not actually met sober Herbert yet. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. I, uh, I must say, I this mean, is you had always... a chance, but you decided you wanted to be a fucking lizard. You know, you met me earlier. Lizards and salamanders are two whatever. different things. Very different. He's rather courageous, isn't he? Yeah. Well, <laughs> my point being <laughs> is, uh, Mr. Herbert, this is 
always how it starts. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Most of my uh, best conversations normally start with forced drinking, so. (laughs) (laughs) No, I meant uh, trouble. There's always a prize, and there's always a discussion of the prize, and then there's always a chase after the prize from those that are in a position to do so. And then somebody sinks your fucking ship. Hmm. Do you feel ever like you're repeating a single life over and over again? God, I hope not. Maxwell picks up one of the salamanders, kind of like a puppy, and starts to stroke it under the chin while he's talking and sitting with you guys. Where the fuck did he get a puppy? <laughs> God damn. It's a, it's a salamander. Oh. He picks up the salamander and like a puppy. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> he picks up a puppy out of the ether. It's an ether pup. Ether puppy. <laughs> kind of looks around. You know, sundown's coming and the, the antlered acolytes are beginning to sort of form around. And, and you can hear like murmurings of their own tails and stuff. They're starting to cook as well. Um, Zanira has been mostly quiet throughout this whole conversation. Um, she looks like she's thinking. Yeah, it looks like she's thinking. Looks like she's brooding on stuff, just kind of digesting it all. Well, hopefully in the next two days we can find some sort of uh, direction for the three of you to take. What is your goal? You know, it's a really good question. What yeah. is, What is the goal here? Because I'm I, just sort of hitchhiking at this point. I think originally it was to make sure the obsidian skin man doesn't uh, get through the door. Hmm. I mean, that's a pretty good goal. Yeah. Do we now, wanna... it seems, now I'm really interested in killing some fucking crimson. But that's... that's, a, that's uh, we'll do that later. Hmm. Well, just because we're discussing one thing now doesn't mean it's the right thing to chase after at the moment. How are things on this rogue moon elf's front? Have things been quiet for you three? Or are you in some sort of desperate um, chase with him? Last thing that we really saw of him and his crew had a uh, doppelganger impersonate her at uh, Tellswap try and pin uh, an assassination on her, we assume. So he is cunning. And I heard after that they were staying in a cave near uh, the monolith. Yeah, At least that's a right. portion of them. That's right, yeah. And now they're heading in this direction. At least the muckmen or whatever. What what what's the deal with the muckmen? Is it just Eleanor's people or what's going on there? Because it sounds like a slur. It does. It does. It it's still feels like a slur. Just what people call them. Um I've had a few encounters with them. They are wild people, like many after the Pale War, especially those of the wilderness, like myself. They feel lost. There's a lot of new growth, a lot of change that's happening, and they don't really know how to take it all in, what to do with it. So, for the most part, we're somewhat aimless. Eleanor and the Muckmen... They uh, they seem to have a goal in mind. Do you know what the goal is? I'll get the doorknob, I would assume. Um, but 
I've always known them to be attracted to power in any form. A lot of them use magic of the the wilderness to further their means. When you're a wild people, like myself as well, you always have to appreciate the balance of civilization and nature without fully embracing one side or another. Because at the the root of it, uh, people are some of the most unnatural things that ever existed. But some wild people don't agree with that. Some wild people would rather stamp out every sign of humanity. They are one of them. Uh, Eleanor herself was, from what I understand, imprisoned because she attacked Sunbeam, trying to destroy the whole town. A a bold thing. Um, But she failed, quite obviously. Maybe she views the doorknob as some sort of weapon or some sort of deliverance for the wilderness. I don't know. My guesses are as good as yours. I am merely mortal. I want you to understand that. I'm just a person as well. I will help you try to suss these details out, become less murky um, in the following days, but I can't guarantee much. I do, however, deal in stories. That is something I can do to you, or for you. I can show you some stories, and maybe they can inform you better of what is happening, so that you're better armed. Um, does anything look uh, new on Maxwell since I've seen him? Like new eye patch, new antlers, like new growth of vines or anything? The beard definitely is a new addition. Typically he cuts it down to stubble. Um, the eye patch is not his typical one. It <clears throat> roll wit. Natural 20! Natural 20. Ah, Finally. On something worthless! That is a wizard weeper leaf that he is seemingly magically compressed with. Oh, okay. He's magically compressed it to form against his face. Um, you know the other one, the other leaf that he uses to cover his missing eye? Mm-hmm. It's pretty sentimental to him, so he probably didn't get rid of it. This just happens to be what he has right now. Is there any reason why he would change eye <clears throat> patches? Uh, not that occurs to you, no. Hmm. Okay. Um. What time? Of, what time of day is it? At this point, it's it's past sundown. It's early evening. Okay. Well, so, Herbert. Hmm. Your objective at this point is to kill as many crimson as you can. Well, well you know, I work for the tower, so we've been told to do that, and uh, well, I really like the idea. Pops his neck. <laughs> He's a uh, alamander, a confused and violent child. And uh, seems like he's wrapped up in all of this too, chasing after the knob. The real question is, what do we want to do with the knob? Because we are in control. And by we, I mean, of course, you. I don't do these sorts of things anymore. You're in control. Do you, Would you rather destroy it, learn about it more? Or do you want to just keep it away from them forever? At some point, you're going to get too tired. Somebody's going to catch up to you. Well, I'd like to know everything we can about it. It's interesting. Then I can point you in the right direction. For that. All right. Well, that's a step. Mm-hmm. Well, it's... But it's also 
whatever you guys really want to do with it, because you're the ones in possession of it. Well, the main objective is to keep it away from him. All right. There's always going to be another him. Uh, and he's going to outlive us. Is there any way to kill him with an elf? Hmm. I mean, he's sick. And if it keeps waking back up, if he can't kill him, he's going to constantly be going after this doorknob. Well, I mean, there's a certain... There's only a certain amount you can come back before you sort of lose it, but still... How do we cut that short? I know where you can find answers to the true nature of the doorknob. I know where you can find answers on how to kill a moon elf. It's actually rather close to you. Oh, it's just always so dark. But can't be shy of killing. Sometimes it's the only way to get stuff done. Bad people just need killing. Yeah. Not some bad people need killing. I just have found that's the way. Mm. Bad people need to die. Yeah. Is that a bit extreme for you, E? No, not at all. No, it's just me, Madeline, just being like, ooh! <laughs> yeah, he's a little, he's well, a little foggy up in the head. Yeah. There. Yeah. Tech, I mean, like, how old is this guy? He looks like he's middle-aged. Middle age. Maybe the first tinges of gray around his beard. Yeah. I mean, like, I just, well, no. He's... Never mind. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to make a comment of, like, his and Herbert's age mm. in comparison, but, like, I really don't know how old this guy is, period. Yeah. Yeah. He, it's, he does seem middle age, but, like, his features are still very childish, almost. Mm. Like teenage childish. Mm-hmm. Um but there's this sort mm. of like <laughs> dark <laughs> darkness behind the eyes that implies many sights. Yeah. Um maybe not equivalent to Herbert's, but yeah. I I very much doubt that. <laughs> he says Little northeast of here, before the Shadow Wars. There was a town. It was almost cosmopolitan. It almost turned into a city. Almost turned into what Sunbeam would have been. The shades wiped it out. This was long before the Pale, even. This was a older, I must say, less uh, troublesome evil that came. But it was still destructive. It destroyed the town. It's filled with ghosts now. His name was Greenwick. Your father, he, his certain affiliations, uh, a guild that I'm sure the lot of you have heard about, the Cunning Folk, they mm-hmm. called Greenwick their home. There's a great library there filled with knowledge of just these sorts of things. However, No one's really sure of Greenwick's exact location. And beyond that, um, for the most part, it can be a troublesome place in and of itself. The people that were there passed in terrible ways. The walls breathe with their frustration and sadness. I've heard tales of lights and figures where there shouldn't be. Well, I know the tunnels there. Well, at least there were. I don't know if they're 
still functioning and haven't completely caved in. I've heard about such fables. That'd be an easy way to get in if you were to find such a tunnel. Sounds like we have to. We could at least figure out a location based on where the tunnels were supposed to be. My question about killing a moon elf. Yes. There is a way. Is what you're saying. You're hinting towards the very least. I imagine there's probably a few ways to break the pact. And, uh... Zanira will probably fill us more in on that, correct? Yes. Um, Zanira kind of, like, scoots a little closer and sits with you guys. I, uh... Didn't know him, but I am of his people. Tonight I will, with Maxwell's help, um, tell you a story. Hopefully it'll it'll show you some things to better understand him. We could use help understanding it. Yeah, that's for damn sure. It's about this time, far off, down south where the wall is, you hear a bit of a commotion, and Zanira and Maxwell kind of like stoop back up and look in that direction, and you see one of these antlered acolytes running over to you guys. Um, the same one that had brought you tea. Uh, she's rather lithe-looking, um, simple white clothes, and she has that sort of like circlet with these little antlers on it, um, and that same sort of blindfold. But she's very, she's very strange-looking. She's uh, she's very tall. Sort of olive-toned olive skin. She seems a little too, like, long. Um, she's very peculiar-looking. You're not really sure if she's human or elven, but she runs over and Zanira kind of calls out, Rowan, what is it? Um, and this, this young woman kind of responds back and looks back and forth between Zanira and whatever's going down the wall. Says, someone else is here. Uh, Apparently a member of the Watchtower. Uh, she's hurt. And Zanira kind of is escorted with Rowan to go over and take a look at this. Herbert follows. Yeah. What? I mean... If they're Watchtower, then Echo and Herbert are going to go with. I'll follow, but more at a distance, because that's really not my thing. Okay. Um, guys sort of gather up, E in the back, um, in and around. It looks like they have already have her on... Basically like a long gurney that's sort of near one of the fires. Um, and this woman, Rowan, kind of comes up and like starts looking over and like patting her down and checking out what's going on. It's Arlo. Um, oh, boy. Son of a bitch. Armored up. Um, but her left arm, the metal has been like shattered and bent. And you can see dark red pooling up and around and over the armor um, leaking out. She seems conscious. And she's sort of like somewhat in a day, sort of looking about. And uh, at this point, everybody's sort of gathering around her. <clears throat> and she sort of like looks over, sees Herbert. Oh, hey. And then she kind of lifts up, like digs around a pouch for a second and lifts up the little vial. Sucking hands bottle. it over to you. Jesus, you know that thing can travel on its own. Rowan kind of looks around. Ah, she's going to be okay. 
give me a few moments. And Zendira and her are sort of like weaving their hands over and around. And you see kind of like what Maxwell is doing, those little tiny threads, only very minutely, very sharply and accurately, start to like weave in and over the wound. Um, even so much so that it's bending the armor somewhat back into place. Um, and you can see Rowan, head low, kind of takes her helmet off for a moment and looks up at you three for just a second while she's sort of holding concentration on this. You can see these massive, like very dark looking, almost black um, eyes kind of look up at you and glisten in the in the firelight. And then she goes back to her work and <gasps> you see like a little trickle of blood appear in her right nostril. She sort of takes a step backwards and kind of puts her hands on her knees. And Arlo um, seemingly fixed of her wound like the oh, scar is left over on the on the chest. Um, Arlo falls asleep. Sanira kind of pulls away too. Okay, this is an interesting uh, development. She with you? She yeah. knows you. She's the uh, she's the head of uh, Watchtower Harvest. Well, that can only mean that uh, everyone else in that tower's uh, not doing great. Should or they be? took my advice and they're going. Watchtower Sprout. Oh, hopefully they already made it. That's if that's the case. Everyone but Arlo could have gone there, and Arlo could be tracking us. What did her wound look like? It was made like what? What looked like it caused it? Looks like, like somebody stuck a big old ice pick in there and pulled out pretty bad. Okay, definitely wasn't an axe or a sword. Yeah, it's like a hook. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, it was rough before Rowan got to it. Um, she's still very pale, paler than usual. They kind of set her down next to the fire. Well, this is an interesting development. Uh, that's that's what I said. I I know I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> it is very interesting. Herbert's going to take a, a look over Arlo and see if there's anything else that he could help with. Okay. Um, roll wit. Make sure there's no like any underlining sicknesses or anything like that that he could recognize. And this is actually Arlo, right? Looks like Arlo. Okay. Twelve. Twelve, you take a little gander, um, sort of peeling the armor back here and there. She seems okay. She definitely seems dehydrated, um, which is not not like her. I mean, she's typically very prepared. Um, but beyond that wound, she seems all right. Um, she's got the sword on her, the big, long, weird, thin sword that she typically carries. Um, beyond that, not much else. She's got like a little satchel on her side that has a couple rations, some healing potions, like some water. Um, but that's pretty much it. Well, we're not going to be able to find out what happened until she uh, wakes up. Herbert's going to open up uh, his message in a bottle okay, and see if, oh, yeah. if there's actually anything written in there. Um, no, the page is blank. Okay. Uh, charcoal's still there and, like, included. Seemingly not, it's not less. It's just the same amount of charcoal okay. as typical. Okay. There's nobody else, like, out in the trees, right? Like, it's just her? Roll wit. 19. You kind of, like, scan past this sort of cluster of antlered uh individuals and look out into the darkness of the trees there's nobody out there it's very quiet there's a flickering of fireflies and this very soft distant roaring of cicadas but no snapped branches no jostling um, leaves 
Everything seems very peaceful out here, despite its reputation. Hmm. She tracked us through the flicker thicket. Yeah, she did. The question is why, says Maxwell. So he just like walks up, like, Ugh! yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Besides the uh, the injury, is there anything else that seems out of place with yeah. uh, with Arlo? Not really. No, no. I mean, your your twelve wit still stands. Like she she seems in pretty good shape despite the injury. Hmm. Why and what happened? Rowan kind of pipes up, turns to you guys, and you see those like big, glistening black eyes again. Uh, you'll find out probably in about 20 minutes, I think. Um, typically, people come back pretty quickly from from that sort of healing. What What is she? Roll wit. Can I aid? Yeah. Natural absolutely. 20. Oh. I'm aid anyway. Okay. I aid. 23. Well, with a natural 20, I will tell you the best possible way I could describe what she is in terms of ease understanding of the world. Okay. You okay? You're looking at me like well, with like a pretty intense look right now. No, I'm excited. This is somebody born with or of a spiritual presence. Yikes. Can I figure out what kind of spirit? Well, I'm sure ease heard of like avatars right yeah similar to that um but there's definitely something amiss or off she she weaved the ether like it was natural for her but she still had to had learned it it's still tiring for her it seems like she's still learning but it seemed much more organic than when you typically see your you know adopted uncle bend or move the ether um, his is definitely a learned skill. She just sort of made it happen. Mm. She's, uh, probably about your height. Um, you notice her voice is weird. It's almost like it's shifting in and out of different, like, accents. Fuck um, yeah. And you can see she has this big, like, mess of tangled, deeply dark black hair that match her eyes, which don't seem to have any, like, white around the eyes, really. Huh. It's almost like a dark gray. Ether baby. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Ha! Huh. Um, Rowan kind of, like, looks up at you with these really big, like, dark eyes. It's definitely, like, scary looking. And she's kind of looks at you, like, why are you looking at me like that? Well, two things. One, your eyes are very large and it's very interesting, and two... Very rarely do I see someone as tall as me. Oh. You're E. Yep. She kind of like walks over to you and sort of like pushes a finger into your chest and kind of looks up at you. Because you're a little bit, a little bit taller than her. She's looking at you. Hmm. You're less handsome than I thought you would be. Oh, thank you. And then she smiles and you can see like sharpened teeth. That sort of click back together, and then she twists and starts moving away from you. Hmm. She kind of looks over her shoulder for a second and gives you a very disconcerting wink with this big, like, massive black eye. All right. Go get yourself. 
Zanira and Maxwell are both sort of tending to Arlo at this point. Um, Maxwell sort of gives some orders and you can see Bo kind of like nod his head and uh, start carrying her closer to like Gertie and all closer to that big central cairn in the middle of this um, this grove. Um, and Bo starts making a fire over there as Maxwell and Zanira sort of recollect um, kind of has a few hushed words with Maxwell and then moves off back to the rim of this whole area. Um, and Maxwell and Zanira kind of look at you guys. What are you guys doing? What do you want to do now? It's I think, nighttime. Well, first off, I'm, I'm exhausted. Three hours of sleep and all this, all this garbage. Right. But like, no way in hell I'm falling asleep right now. <laughs> um, I kind of want to go check out that cave if they're, Hey, do you guys want to go check out that cave, that weird fish? They seem to have this preoccupied. I mean, if she wakes up in 20 minutes, we'll go talk to her then. So that's 20 minutes to look at a weird fish. Uh, I mean, sure, I guess. Something to do. I did not expect this. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, like, what? That's the only other thing we've, like, Where really... Where did Maxwell and Zanera go? Yeah. They're they're back in the center, and they, like, motion to you. I was just wondering what you wanted oh, to do. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought they were just like, okay, fuck, fuck, them. fuck off. Let's go to the cave. No, nah, that was... No, no, no. Then, yeah, like, no. We can just we'll go, go to... talk to them some more. Yeah. Okay. We'll go check out what's going on there. So you guys all gather around. Um, it's you three, Maxwell, Zanira, and Rowan is here, but she's, like, pretty far away. She's separate from the other acolytes she sort of has her own little fire that she's stoking a couple hundred feet away from you guys um and then of course there's arlo who by the time you get over there and kind of like adjust to what's going on and like sit down and get the fire going um she's starting to rouse a little bit kind of looking around at you guys i'll push echo forward (laughs) echo like you go to do that she's already walking she uh arlo kind of reaches a hand up and like touches you on the cheek very dopely like hey um <laughs> echo takes the tea that she's still holding that she never drank from and hands it to arlo oh she kind of like takes it kind of gets up uh, sort of like into a a crouch like a hunch crouch um sort of keeping her weight on one hand and drinking the tea with the other kind of looks around sees maxwell and her eyes go like really wide and then zanira too and you think there's like a little bit of fear for a second, but then she just starts to look really confused. And turns over to you, E, says, uh, E. Mm-hmm. Where, do you know these people? Yeah, this is. Why did you wander out into the woods? Uh, you're here, right? You were looking for the yeah. wizard of the ether. Yeah, that's him. The kid with the antlers. I know who he is. Yeah. Echo. Uh, oh man! But do do you guys know him? You? I mean, you, he's my uncle. So yeah, I know him. He's your uncle? What do you mean he's? Your yeah, uncle? you know, big complicated family. You're not related to him. No, but I guess adopted uncle. Yeah, See, I'm starting to gather what it is. It's like extended friends that have all fallen in as a family, right? Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I thought you were tied to the black dog, but not... Oh, I am. But you're also tied to the Wizard of the Ether. Yeah, got a lot of weight on my shoulders here. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine the pressure you would be under. Don't worry about it. <laughs> being, you know, the the collective child of all of the Pale War heroes? Is yeah, that that's what you're pretty much me? it. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm discovering? Yeah, you're right. 
I feel like I'm going to throw up. Um, I got something that'll make you feel a little better. Okay. And Echo <laughs> points at Maxwell. It says he kicked him right in the chest. Why would you? <laughs> 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 and right. then see that blood that's crusted around under his nose? Yeah. <laughs> he did that too. Yeah. Maxwell also is like smiling a little bit, and like, hmm. <laughs> 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 and before everybody's just sort of like cackling. Um, now it's he, like I'm living my worst fucking nightmare. <laughs> it's here, it's happening. Arlo like points at you and she's like, <laughs> thanks. Uh, so why the fuck are you out here? Oh. Is everybody dead at the tower? Why are you here? Everyone is fine. Um, are they still there? No. We got your message. So. I took some convincing. I didn't want to leave my tower, but um, we eventually formed a bit of a plan. Yex has gone off with the pioneers to further study the doorknob. I think he might be giving up the watchtower and going back into their folds. Um, Sick. He seems pretty happy with it. Um, Porter, the first sign of trouble, he's gone. You know, he's always been in it for the money, and I can't blame him. Um, he's just not really Watchtower. So we gave him a good severance package, and he headed off to Sunbeam, which happened to be where Azantica is going as well. Um, Azantica went to Sunbeam to see if she could get some answers, um, figure out what's going on. I decided to go on my lonesome and, and hunt you all down to see if we have any more answers, if we know what to do next. Um, but as far as I know, they were moving in on us. Um, the Crimson have our tower. Oh. That's what I was afraid of. Yep, well. Well, what did that to you, to you on? Crimson soldiers? No. Caught a boar tusk halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> well, I mean, you just got that big fancy sword and this armor and a boar got you? You escaped a fucking tower, and Crimson are all around in a in a boar. I'm really good at dealing with other people, especially bad people, but uh, animals are a totally different thing. Never actually gone into the flicker thicket, and uh, so a mistake going in alone, I guess. I've got some bad news, though. Uh, wasn't a thing we could do to, to make Zote want to come with us. Um, eventually, we just had to leave him. What, he's a, he's, he's a little one with a pink suit? Right. Why, why would he stay? His family, uh, his, his father and mother were, were Watchtower before Watchtower was Watchtower. I mean, he might be, you know, a little, he might just be the quartermaster, basically, but he is, he is die hard. He wants to protect Yaddle, and I don't think, you know, people like that, sometimes they're not that sensible. I'm almost like that. I almost didn't leave. But uh, I don't know what else we could have done. He's surprisingly strong. Um, oh, but. And she kind of like takes off some of this packaging. And you can see there's like a couple of scroll tubes that she's carrying with her made out of wood. Do have my paintings. So. Oh, that's good. Some good news. Um, hopefully Zote got so scared that. He took off when he saw them actually moving in on the tower. I don't know. Um, but I, I fear the worst. What about Pumpkin? Pumpkin is a 
chimpanzee, ape, orangutan thing. He's a monkey. An orangutan is an ape. Okay. Thought he was like your pet, though. I love him to death, but he, he's not anybody's pet. Um, he either stayed or I'd imagine he ran off when it, when it happened. In the last few days there, when we were really starting to think about what to do next, he kind of disappeared. So he's around somewhere, I guess. Maybe in the surrounding woods, I don't know. It's a big fucking mess, but there's not really much we could have done about it. When we knew you guys didn't come back from that job soon enough, we knew something had gone wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, when Alamander showed up, it changed everything. Yeah, things really got fucked up there. Alamander showed up to the town? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he showed up to the, to, uh, the town. To uh, probably now his town. <clears throat> yeah, that went very poorly. She kind of gives a nod. And then looks to Maxwell and Zendira, who seem to be sort of whispering between each other at this point. Says, all right, well, any of these uh, former hotshot heroes going to give us any answers? What have we collected? What do we know? What's going on? What is going on? Not a lot of shit. Uh, show, uh, show Arlo what we left Tail Swap with. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, does she not know? It's, it's uh, just not even put. We found another part of the door. Oh, I mean, that's good news, right? Okay. It's another thing that uh, we poked up over there. It's just tumblers and he pulls one out. Goes oh. to the lock, I guess. She kind of cocks her head like looking at it. Put it away. Yeah. That's rather intricate. Everybody seems to get... Wait a second, take it out again. <laughs> he pulls it back out. She seemed to get pretty encapsulated with it. She's looking at it like... Oh, Does anybody else really seem to get pretty it. encapsulated with it? Um, Zanira's kind of looking at it just because it's out, but Maxwell doesn't seem to care. Yeah, I did notice it was, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember who else it was that, uh, had the same kind of, like, effect, like, during the Mantle, right? Was Mantle, or did it? we, do we show it to Mantle? I can't remember. Um, I mean... I know Luca did. No, it was Luca. Yeah, Luca yeah, yeah. Luca did, uh, Echo did. For a second, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, when, when it showed up in the totem... She was just like, whoa, like zoned in on it. <laughs> Weird, okay. Which is probably why the whole reason they had it in the totem. So people yeah. would pay attention. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, he puts Antlers. His name's, and his name's Maxwell. Maxwell kind of turns and he was like, yeah. Now there's Arlo sort of motioning with the sword, like almost pointing at him with it still in the scabbard. What's the deal? What are you? What are you? What are we doing? What are your answers? Tell us the secrets, and uh, we may be out of your hair and further helping people. And he kind of like looks around at the four of you now. I just Herb shrugged. is just chucking like ch- <laughs> 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 too much wine. No, he's chuckling. He says, uh, "We did heal you. Um, you should rest, and then we will talk." These three are going to drink something and watch something and feel something and be something. And hopefully in the morning when they awaken from it, which is equivocally a dream, um, they will have a bit of a clearer picture. We're getting drunk again. No, this sounds like drugs. In a way, he whips over at you. Uh, Okay. Transcendence through alchemical means is not entertainment. So drugs. Uh, Yes. <laughs> what? And they will be very okay. enjoyable to you and also probably quite horrifying. Well? Is it serpent? In a way, yes. That's a core component of it. 
I go just nods. You will drink yours very carefully. Okay. Is there... He's just sort of like, uh, okay. I'm worried about you. All right, well. Herbert's rummaging through his bag. He's just like shrugging. Yeah, <laughs> repeatedly shrug. Yeah. Rummaging through his bag and you can hear him mumbling. Could have swore I had like some cigarette cigarettes in here somewhere. Do you need some more cigarettes? No, no, no. I just wanted to cut them a little up before I start taking more drugs. Oh, well. <laughs> You'll be fine. It'll be fine. Don't yeah, worry about no, it. It'll I be fine. I, I Maybe it'll make it better. I think I got, I think I went through those at the tower before I met any of you. Maybe. Oh. Arlo kind of like scoots up next to you, Echo, and uh, points at Maxwell. I have a painting of him. <laughs> Isn't that fucking insane? <laughs> A little. He looks different than I thought he would look. Looks a little dumber. <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> she looks over. She goes, well, he's uh, certainly very ornate. Ornate <laughs> is a word. Fragile, maybe, would be another. Seems muscular, but I feel like, I don't know. Feels like he's made out of glass or something. <laughs> You know what I mean? Does Echo get that kind of vibe? Looking at him? He's just him, man. It's whatever you're getting as a vibe. Um, I don't think he's made out of glass. (laughs) Echo says he's... I can't speak for his endurance or his constitution, but... No, I mean, like, you know, as a concept, he's really strong, but when I'm just looking at him right now, just looks like a person in a helmet. And then she kind of looks over her shoulder. What do they do to my shoulder? How do they fix it like that? It's uh, kind of like Herbert does, but... A little different. Hmm. They wove it back together. Okay. With their hands? Really well? With strings. Hey, E. Mm. You should go try to knock his helmet off again. I really, really don't want to do that. Yeah, well, do I mean, that. I do, but like... You should no, do that. He seems really mad at you. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty mad. Why? Give you, I'll give you five coin. That's not worth any of that. It's worth it to me. Well, it's not worth it to me, the person who's carrying out the action. I'll give you five coin. So that's I, ten, that's what? Five. That's ten coin. That's ten coin. Ten yeah, go, coin, just go ten. smack that helmet off his head. No, it's just take you a second. Not a chance. Maxwell walks over you guys <laughs> holding four bowls. Wooden bowls. Kind of like stoops down, looks at the four of you. Says, Arlo, um, you can drink this if you'd like to. I figured you'd probably want to go to sleep anyway, and this will make you go to sleep. She kind of gives a little nod, like, okay. Sort of the situation you can see is starting to dawn on her that you guys are all collectively about to drink drugs in front of this hero in the middle of the woods. Um, and she hesitantly takes one of the bowls. I give her a small thumbs up, even though that probably makes her feel worse. She kind of like takes her finger and puts in a circle and puts it over the thumb. Why? Why have you done this? She just flips you off. <laughs> drink drink your weird magic potion. Oh, I'm going to drink it. <laughs> And then she drinks it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, Maxwell offers 
the bowls to you guys. Yeah, before Herbert takes his, he kind of sets his like stuff out to where he has something like kind of lean up against because he's going to be passing out in the middle of the woods without like setting up his tent. So right, he's going to get comfy next to this fire before he's yeah, it's probably good. Starts call. tripping and uh, taking it, it like it's wooden bowl. The liquid in it is all sorts of like bright primary colors all seem to sort of like twirl and twist together it's almost like unstirred paint or like like very warm liquefied clay like different sorts of tints and hues and all sort of mixed together it seems to be twirling on its own echo echo first like Looks over, watches Arlo, like, drink it. Yeah, she's just like, oh, gulp, gulp, gulp. Like, just <laughs> chugging. That's great. Mm-hmm. And um, she just, like, nods to her and then takes a big, like, sniff of this mm-hmm. stuff. Maxwell kind of leans in close to you and says, it'll help the story go down. <laughs> and then smiles. God, this is fucking weird. She, all right, uh, see you all tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and Herbert pounds his. She raises her glass, like her bowl, to Maxwell, and then drinks it. E? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll take it if you give it to me. I'll give it to you. We can talk in the morning. All right. Hands it over to you. Take it (laughs) from him. What a... Oh. Um, actually, side note. I had a fucking dream. Okay. Well, I don't have dreams. You don't have dreams? No, I've never had a dream before. Interesting. You don't have any sort of dreams ever? No. <laughs> but I I had a dream, uh... How many days ago was that? I don't actually remember. I think about I'm... three at this point. I think like three days ago? Three or four days ago? Okay. No, no, no. I mean, that's just weird. For me, so something must be happening, because I don't fucking have dreams. That's not something that happens, so... I don't know, I just thought you would think it's interesting, because this is sort of the sort of weird shit that you're into, so... What happened in the dream? She's not out yet. Mm, it, uh... <laughs> just more, you know, this is not your story, you're not doing anything great for the people you're with, and, I don't know, some big man covered in a carpet? Lots of darkness? <laughs> Maxwell. I don't know, is that how dreams normally are? Maxwell kind of clasps clasp your hand as he's handing you the bowl and says, maybe something is happening for you. Oh. Well, I'm going to drink this and I'll just take the whole thing. He watches you drink it and uh, kind of gets up and says, it's not bad. I don't know what it is, but if something's happening for you or to you, should probably be paying a little bit more attention. Well, I mean, I am. Maybe not outwardly. You described your dream as a lot of darkness, having voices, and <laughs> a large carpet man. I'll take out uh, my notebook and flip to the drawing that I drew of it and just show it to him. Fantastical. That's it. What a creature. Yeah. What he I just mean puts is, it back in his pocket. <laughs> I think you should do some relaxing. It's good that you're here. I think you need a few days. You seem upset and stressed. Me? Stressed? Imagine that. I know there's always been a lot of pressure on you, 
Um, but this is, could be, this doorknob and this evil, vile, insane man that's hurting people and the sail dross. All of these things could be your chance to do what you want to do, what you truly want to do, to live up to us in some way. No one ever expected you to live up to us. I don't know about that. Maybe your mother. A little bit. But me and Mo, we've never expected you to be anything but you. But if you really want to do this, if you really want to help people, if you really want to make any sort of difference, maybe now is your chance. So it's time to get your head into to gear and stop thinking about stop thinking about how stressed you are and to just deal with it. If you want this, go after it and and relax while you do it, or you're just really going to fuck it up. Not for us, for yourself. It's all about you, is what I'm saying. You have an opportunity for yourself. All right. To do what you want to do. N- noted. Noted? That's yep. it? Yeah, that's it. What do, you, what do you want me to say? That's satisfactory. What did you expect? Well, I expected a little bit more fear and doubt. Oh, it's there. It's just, you know, behind the perfectly concealed uh, wall. Hmm. <laughs> behind you. Enjoy your drugs. I will. Maybe not. But uh we'll okay. We'll we'll talk more about this when I'm not about to trip out on whatever the fuck you've just given me. Does that sound good? Yes. We have two days to do so. Alright, perfect. Just like not not here. When we're all about to trip on whatever you've given us, what have you given us? <laughs> What's in it? Kind of strokes his mustache a little bit. <laughs> what did it taste like? Um, you drank a little bit of it? Yeah. It tastes both salty and sweet, somewhat like sarin fruit does. Um, but mostly it tastes sort of like bitter, like pomegranates. Are there pomegranates in this? I imagine there's probably some pomegranates in there. Yes. Well, what is it? What do you mean? What is it? I'll take another sip. What, like, what is it? What's the aftertaste of it? The aftertaste is somewhat like alcohol in terms of it almost tasting like gaseous in your mouth and harsh. Um, but there's sort of like a natural oakiness to it. Hmm. Could I, uh, could I use my knowledge of herbs and fruits and weird bullshit that you drink to trip to yeah. try to figure out what's in this? Absolutely. Go ahead and roll wit. I mean, you know for a fact that there's the sharp undertone of the serpent mushroom. And it looks like serpent. Yeah. Yeah. Rolling wit. That would be a big ol' 11. There's this sort of... That oaky taste is very familiar to you. It's it's the the leaves and the sap of Wizard Weeper, the enchanted tree. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> beyond that, there's definitely some stuff in here to help it go down well. Um, berries and whatnot. But most of it seems Wizard Weeper and, and Saren 
uh, sarin fruit and the serpent uh, mushroom. Um, the magic serpent mushroom is what it's called. That sort of prismacolor, etheric um, lichen fungi. We are, uh, we're in for a ride. <laughs> That's why I like the fucking here. All right, well, I guess let's let's get on with this, or I'll just drink the rest of it. So it's just the six of you around the campfire. Um, Rowan is there, and kind of watching a little ways off, but it's Maxwell and Zanira, and Arlo, and the three of you. Um, Arlo's sort of, like, leaned up against you, still, still sort of, like, weary, but leaning up against you, Echo. Um, you ever done any hallucinogens? Legs sprawled out in front of her. <laughs> she kind of scratches at her shoulder. Uh, I mean, I've, I've had my times when I was younger. Um, but nothing like this. Is this supposed to bring us answers? Maybe. I think it's going to, uh, take us on a journey. We'll, uh, see what we see. Okay. Can we keep the bowls? Can we keep the bowls, Maxwell? And Maxwell kind of like looks around like, sure. Um, Herbert's going to do a uh, quick pat down of his vest before he passes out. <laughs> no, you know that. I know, I know how you feel right now. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Make sure that he's got everything so that way when he wakes up, everything will still be there. And I think at the same time, he's going to subtly take a, a t- like a tumbler at a time and put it in different pockets mm. and spread that shit out through his vest. Gotcha. Okay. What's PL doing? I just want to know where good old PL is. <laughs> PL is curled up on your lap. Yes, cute baby. And there's like piles of stones and like little trees here that, I mean, Herbert's resting up against a tree right now, as he stated. Um, All my shit. So like you guys have something to lean into. Arlo's mainly mainly leaning into you, Echo. Cute. Y'all. Um, <laughs> Um, but it's just sort of still and quiet, the muffled voices of the antlered acolytes around you in the forest, um, the fire flickering. You don't feel different quite yet. I'll just lay out and sort of like look at stars and stuff. Okay. As Herbert's passing out, he's worrying that Ring of Orthos. Zanira kind of like digs around in this little stump and comes back to the the center where this fire is near the spring um, and sits down with this long white carved out um, very intricate very quite beautiful um, flute she kind of like rested on her lap looks for a moment very tired sort of looks at everyone around and gives a soft smile Maxwell kind of shoots his eyes in your direction, Echo. Hmm. And I think at at this point, I would say it's starting to feel like, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Echo says, you know what started all of this? Like, looks around to everyone. Hovers on uh, Maxwell. I was in the woods, and something flew, or walked over, walked, it was huge, 
and blotted out the moon. Do you know of anything that could do that, Maxwell? He kind of like looks up at the lavender moon, which is now at its peak just above you guys, and like shining its light down on you, sort of illuminating the space in that sort of lavender light. Kind of thinks for a moment. He says, I think any spirit can be big enough to do that if it pleases. Or a dragon. But my coin is on a dragon. Fucking cool. <laughs> What's wrong, Herbert? No, nothing. It's just, just dragons. How's Arlo looking? Arlo is looking sleepy and kind of like rubbing her eyes and looking at her shoulder a little bit. And her eyes seem to be like squinting and like puffing up. She's sort of like looking around at everyone. Kind of like looks up at your face. Cute. <laughs> and she kind of like gets to your ear and goes, I think I'm high. And Echo just goes, go to sleep. She starts to go to sleep. Maxwell, go ahead. Echo's going to ask one more thing. Do you know a name? Adrian Ainsley. No, that name has no stories. She just nods. Do I recognize that as a girl who went to prison? Um, roll wit. Let's find out. Uh, uh. <coughs> I died. Seventeen. You remember that name on the ledger? Yeah. Yeah. You do. Wait, what about her? Well, I just recognize her name as being on the prison ledger. She's the archer. The archer's your sister? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. And Echo just leans back against a tree and closes her eyes. Maxwell gives a nod. These are confusing and troubling times. What we have around us, however, is the forest and its might and its power. And we have spirit and we have heart. And we have four heroes around the fire here. You came to me for answers and... I gave them as best as I could in the way I know best. But I know that the way I speak about the world and magic can be confusing to most. What I have given you is a direction, the Greenwick Library, where I am sure you can find answers and danger. But as I first mentioned when we reunited, nephew, mm -hmm. at Watchtower... I do also have a story for you, but it's not my story to give. It is Zanira's story. And he kind of like looks over at her. And as you guys' vision begins to sort of churn and move around the edges of your, your sight, and the world sorts of blends together and the colors begin to swirl together, she brings the flute up to her lips and gives out one haunting singular note for a little longer than it should have gone on and then plays a similarly haunting and quiet, mellow, very calming tune on the flute. The antlered acolytes around you sort of go quiet, and everybody looks in that direction. You can see these antlered helms and these eyes glinting in the firelight. 
and Zanura kind of looks up at the four of you as Arlo falls asleep and says, I heard a story, and your vision is clouded with, it almost seems like smoke, like when Maxwell first appeared, but it's just these churning colors, and before long you feel yourselves drifting off to sleep. But, despite being asleep and feeling asleep, and not feeling quite like you're dreaming, these colors seem to mix and churn and keep moving until it seems like ages, ages pass, years and years. But those colors eventually bend and shift and move into recognizable shapes again. You start to see wet, glistening leaves as big as your heads all around you. Little waterfalls, piles of croaking fat toads. You start to see a jungle. Deep old jungle. And in the middle of this jungle, there appears to be some sort of settlement. Some sort of town or village. These massive squares of stone that seem to be houses. Although old and alien. And in the center of all this is this massive, almost supernaturally large fireplace that's roaring hot, flickering and licking at the, the humid jungle air. And out of it, you start to see this silhouette, this shape. A hulking figure crawling out of the fire, half burnt up, twisted, broken looking see his arms and legs snapping back into place as if he was reborn from a state beyond being broken, beyond being dead. And he crawls out of the ash. He kind of looks around. You can see this long hood of lilac-colored hair, porcelain white skin. He's large. He's meaty. He's all too familiar to you. It is the obsidian-skinned man, but in a different state. Um, he looks, despite his size, like a moon elf. His violet eyes glowing bright with fear. He looks about the jungle frantically, slowly crawling and somewhat rising to his feet, but too exhausted to exert himself. He stumbles over to one of the trees and leans against it. Morgul, Morgul, we're all dying, calls out into the jungle. Morgul, please! His voice sounds different, smoother, more childish. You hear Zanira's voice then. A long time ago, when the first evil came, the pale, when it first came, there were those that rose against it. The older creatures, the phoenixes and the dragons. And the older people, the moon elves. They worked together. Try and fight it. There is death. Much death and suffering and sacrifice. But they came up with a way to stop it. They were pure people, 
those primordials. And their power was strong and malleable. The phoenixes and the moon elves agreed upon something, a pact they made. The phoenixes gave up their existence, most of them, to give their eternity, their eternal lives, ever reborn to the moon elves, so that they could fight endlessly and tirelessly. There were around 30 of them that first agreed to the pact, because there were only 30 phoenixes or so at the time most of them had been killed by the pale but one chose not to give his existence up chose not to make that sacrifice he wanted to live on and his name was and then you see the obsidian skinned man calling out again morgo help us this is not right people are dying over and over again this is Horrifying. I'm scared. I'm pained. I can't watch them be bent and broken again. And you see this flutter of orange, fiery feathers amongst the leaves. And this massive beak and head, avian-like, on a scale not unlike a dragon, peeking through, its eyes glinting in the dark of the jungle. The obsidian-skinned man looks to him. Orgo. If the new eggs hatch, they'll just do this to everyone else. We have to stop it. It was a cycle of constant pain and sacrifice, and it was beginning to drive him mad. This phoenix crawls out of the jungle foliage and lifts up the obsidian-skinned man on one of his wings and sort of helps him hobble to a grove close by. And you see this sea, this bowl of verdant foliage, and sitting atop it were hundreds of new phoenixes, eggs, perfectly round and sort of churning like they're made out of fire almost. The phoenix, Morgal, looks to the obsidian-skinned man Murdoch. Murdoch, now named, looks to him, tears in his eyes. We must do it. And together, beak in hand, they begin to smash the eggs, crawling and tired from 100 sacrifices, 100 deaths, pained, but not wishing for his his people to be killed over and over again. He chose instead to end it, to make it to, to make it so that no other moon elf could become eternal. And together they smashed at the eggs. And then darkness. After a while you see the jungle again kind of take shape. And you see Murdoch and Morgal, the betrayer, sitting, chained up across from this line of the moon elves. One of them in the center seems to be some sort of elder, covered in furs, wearing bones that sort of dangle from his arms. 
it seems as though you're this vision you're having now is the last moments as if you had missed the court the council that had happened and are only receiving a vision of the verdict as the elder raises his hands and in an old twisted tongue that somehow you recognize says you are cast out and cursed and in that moment you see murdoch's body twist and bend Zanira's voice once more. Back then, the magic was strong and pure. And just one curse, one inclination, was enough to destroy someone. Easy as that. And you see Murdoch's skin become flaked and colored deep black. The phoenix, too, its feathers suddenly exploding black. They writhe in pain, and the both of them, now cursed and molten, flee out in the jungle and are cast out. Slowly all of these colors begin to fade away into black once more, and you feel a cold respite of sleep begin to take you. And Zanira's voice again. This was his beginning. A mistake made to help. That is all he is, is misguided. And you feel this cold, ever-present, even in your sleep. Loneliness. The deepest center of your heart. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.